0: welcome back to he's abroad this is jason here in brooklyn joined as always by john who's abroad in new zealand you know what i realize that i say city for me yeah and then country for you but your yeah, country is about interesting, the size as my city so it's smaller it seems <laughs> seems fair Pop- population wise
1: it's smaller absolutely i think, think size wise it's bigger obviously manhattan's not very big even a little a, bit the whole borough of all the five boroughs i think is much bigger are much bigger than what people think it is, but it's not bigger than New Zealand. New Zealand's the size of the UK. So,
0: yeah, Maybe I was being nice. hyperbolic, but you know, what can you do? What can you do? It's been
1: a little while, been a couple of years. I'm abroad in Wellington, New Zealand. Look at that, the there capital, capital city. You're not in the capital of New York. So,
0: no, no, the capital of New York is Albany, and I'm thankful I'm not there. I mean that with all due respect for anybody who happens to be listening in Albany, New York. I've been to Albany, New York <laughs> and, and I agree with you. <laughs> I don't think there's much there. No. No, it's
1: a uh, it's very clear that they put the capital somewhere so that way people around New York State wouldn't
0: complain. Well, capitals Cause, cause, are generally in the center of the state. That's where they've been set up sometimes historically. sometimes older states, older states like 13 colony states. Here's where Drew's going to write us a lengthy email about it. By the way, he said 80% of that came from uh, top of the dome.
1: I'm sure did, Drew's, that. A,
0: Drew's a bright guy. Yeah.
1: He's much smarter yeah. than us.
0: <laughs> sure. He So yeah, he, he's going to write some stuff about this. And I and I will Google this in a second. But I'm pretty sure that the the way capitals are determined is because back in the day, they had to come up with like the most central place so that all the delegates from the state all had like no one had to travel across the entire thing by horse sure or foot in the seven in the late 1700s you know they that's why they set it up that way how our state capital obviously they didn't have the same general oh no that's actually true because they did the same thing because the original capital of America was in Virginia I believe yes
1: and the you know, capitals have changed like I believe at some point the capital of Michigan was Detroit. And then as Detroit grew, or as Michigan grew rather, they moved it to Lansing, which is again, it's it's not central. It's just further in. But yeah, it's more central, obviously, than Detroit, which is right on the which is right on the river. Um so yeah, I'm I'm looking at this now. How many capitals do you think are also the most the most popular like like the has the largest population city wise? I'm gonna say Can, can you can you name the number?
0: Uh it's probably only the case in some of these Midwestern places. So I'm going to say like 20.
1: Your actions? Yeah, it's good. It's some of these Midwestern places, but it's I believe it's 18, if I'm okay. counting this right. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 17. So like Hawaii, right? Like Honolulu is the capital of Hawaii and it's also the biggest city. Right. So it's not, again, it is it is Midwestern, but it's also not. It's kind but of that a scattering of. Like it's yeah, that's what I mean. Like Georgia, uh Alabama.
0: Here, I'm gonna go by Cora. Cora because I, I trust this guy. Sorry, Clarence. No, no, no. I was wrong on Alabama, it's Mississippi. Yeah. Look, this this guy named Clarence Sherrick. Um Clarence. he seems like someone who knows this stuff, right? Because I'm looking at this picture and he's got like this this crazy mustache. It says he's a metaphysician, an artist, and a psychic. So that's cool. <laughs> and uh, he works at Psychic Eye in Las Vegas. Triple. Um, So he seems like he knows his shit. He writes this at first, the state capitals were chosen because of their convenient location to the majority of the state's population. Often they were the largest city in the state, also based on convenience of accessibility. However, at the time of the inclusion of both California and Nevada into the United States, their capitals were located in the then busier northern portions of each state. Without any conception of how each of those states would grow a population of a far denser, of a far higher density in their southern portions. If if it weren't for air travel, both states would now have to reconsider their location of their capitals. Nevada is the only state in the union where its largest city is not connected to its capital by at least a freeway. Moreover, travel from Las Vegas to Carson City takes eight hours by automobile, only an hour by air. This guy used the term automobile. This yeah was written in yeah, 2015. yeah old school it's not like he it's not like he answered this question back in like the 20s um and only an hour by air the truth be told las vegas should be the capital of nevada as over 75% of the state population resides within 40 miles of las vegas this guy kind of went off the rails with the with the vegas stuff but there you go thanks clarence we don't know if you're right or wrong but i'm going to take your word for it
1: yeah 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 so look, look capitals are an interesting thing cuz yeah capital of well i think the capital of new zealand used to be further north I don't know mm-hmm. if it was Auckland, but uh, it moved to Wellington because Wellington is the basically the central point between both islands. So it is purely based on location. It's the bottom of the North Island, and it's close enough to people in Christchurch and Dunedin and all those fun places. So yeah, yeah, okay. cool. Speaking of Dunedin, yeah, I've been we've been gone for a couple of weeks. Yep, and one of those weeks was due to laziness. I guess. And one of those leaks was due because I I turned back the clock for a weekend, and went yeah. to a real bona fide ice hockey tournament. Jealous, very jealous. So flew out on Wednesday, Wednesday morning, and played two games Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in a championship game. Sun or Saturday, right? So seven games, and right, like I I haven't played the last tournament I played in was that Vegas tournament that i that i had to escape into so that was what 2013 no it's 2012
0: 2011 maybe Maybe no, no i think it was 2012 well okay. maybe yeah,
1: I'm, I'm not sure to be honest it was 2011 how, old, or how 2012. old is uh
0: how old is lenny's kid that's kind of the question right
1: which is which is crazy to think that, that kid's like nine or ten <laughs> yeah um so so yeah like that's out. that's that's the last tournament I went to. In that tournament, we played, what, three games? Right? I think it was three games. Like remember uh, yeah. We lost the they, first one. The second one we won, and I got a free t-shirt because I was player of the game. <laughs> 2013. Okay, 2013. So I, I, no, I got wait. a free t-shirt. I lied. 2012. Okay. Anyways, I got a free t-shirt. It was all, all fun was had. We got to watch Lenny get married. <laughs> it's great. So I haven't played in a tournament since then. And so this tournament, right? So this is located in Dunedin for you. Those of you who don't know where Dunedin is, or it sounds like a fictional Hobbit place. Kinda is. I think it's the I think it's the it was used to be the largest, it was the largest initial settlement in New Zealand. So big Scottish influence, lots of Scottish names. So I think a lot of people from Scotland landed in Dunedin. There's a big castle, there's penguins, it's a great place, it's a very cool looking place. Right? So th- th- this is where they have, I would argue, some would say probably the, the the one of the best ice rinks in New Zealand. Now, there's not many. I think there's a total of seven NHL and bigger size ice rinks in the country. And so Dunedin has an olympic size rink, right? So this is the first tournament I've skated in a decade and skating on Olympic ice. So but before, before I fly down there, I'm like, oh, man. Like, ugh, I'm not in I am not in the hockey shape that I used to be right I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right as far as you know i'm, I'm able to run and jump and i'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm healthy but you know when's the last time you skated on an olympic ice rink Oof.
0: yeah it's and a I, lot of i don't ice. think ever yeah
1: yeah it's a lot of ice right it's a different yeah, wide now no no it's good if you if you know what you're doing right if your team's good and you pass the puck you're moving around which is what i'll get to it's great right because then there's room there's all the room in the world to move around it's like there's you're looking next to you like, there's nobody by me i'm wide open so anyways right we so i'm I'm sitting there being like oh man we're gonna get smoked <laughs> right like because i played in enough adult leagues and tournaments to know there's some there's some heroes out there that you know that hang on and they're really good and you go down to a new city you got a bunch of guys from wellington who are varying skill levels we got some guys like me who are you know got really good experience and we're pretty good so i'd probably say half the team is is on my level or close to it and the other half is kind of what you would expect from uh from some of the leagues that, that we have played in new york right so they're players who and again social league it's people who who can play but you know they, they didn't play competitively as a kid and you know the, they're, they're there to hang out they're there to hang out right and that's literally what it is they're there to hang out and have fun yep so they're we make get on fresh. the ice tuesday right we get off the plane and we're driving around. Again, this city is not very big. You can drive from, like, the CBD downtown area to the rink in, like, five minutes. And people are like, oh, man, the rink's so far away from the city. And you're like, dude. It's like it's a 10-minute drive. So we get to the rink. And this is, like, 6 o'clock at night. And, you know, I'm sitting there being like, oh, man, all right, I got to get my body ready because we got to do this seven times, right? And we go out there. And I look at the other side and I go, these, these guys aren't – these guys can't skate as well as us. So we start playing this first game, and I start watching this come together. I'm like, our team's actually good. Like, like we're actually like we're moving the puck. And for some of these guys, now again, like some of these guys are really good skaters. But growing up in New Zealand, they grew up playing roller hockey. One guy was his first time ever playing five on five hockey because he'd played roller, and I think roller here is four and four. Our little small rink here in Wellington is like four and four, three on three. So these guys aren't used to playing like five five aside hockey. And yet somehow, like puck's moving well, we're passing and we start we we start winning games like we're beating teams eight nothing, six one, you know a couple of close games five to two, right? So like this is the weekend, and when we're doing this, some of the guys are like, well, if we would have known you guys were bringing a team this good from Wellington, because apparently they all the other years that they brought this team down here from Wellington, they got smoked, right? So they're like, oh, you guys come down here. We have a bit of fun, and then we beat up on you. But obviously, this is the first time I've played in this tournament. There's a couple of guys, a couple of Canadian guys, a couple of guys that grew up in New Zealand, actually grew up playing at that rink. And they were like, well, if we know you're going to bring those, these are some of the best guys ever come out of this rink. So we basically brought down, like, a ringer team, and we didn't even realize it because the other half of the team is like, hey, we're here to have fun, right? So we're like, okay, we're here to have fun. I'm expecting some guys who – you know, some Canadian guys who move over here and they just beat up on a bunch of Kiwis, But we ended up being the group of guys that came down there and smoked all of these teams. So, like, I was averaging, like, two goals a game because we were scoring so many goals. So, it gets, and when you get to that point, right, you start getting a little, you know, when you start winning, you start getting your head of like, you know what, I actually really want to win now. I want to I win this thing. Because I wasn't expecting to come down here and win. So it comes and, you, and
0: you've never you've never won a men's league tournament before. Never right?
1: won a men's league tournament. I've won tournaments as a kid, but as a men's league, like as an adult league, I've never won a tournament.
0: The only tournament I've played. You told in, me that's um tournament. that's always been a dream of yours is to win a <laughs> men's league tournament. <laughs> to, to win a men's beer league tournament with a 30, 30, yeah. The th- other
1: thing I should say, this is 30 and up, right? This is 30 and up. And so we're probably one of the younger teams, right? So we've got probably a fair bit of people my age, you know, around mid-30s. We had one guy who was 69, who was also an avid anti-vaxxer. Oh, <laughs> yeah, boy. Not Which so crazy nice anymore. It's crazy. Because it's it's because we're sitting here going like, dude, out of everyone here, the rest of us are vaccinated, and you're not. You're going to be the one who dies, and it's not because you catch it. It's because you're 69 years old. That's why. So anyways. Right, so that's, that, that, and that's what and that's why you right? him? team is. Did you, did you convince no, him? To do? No, no one's oh. going to convince him. That, that dude's no going to sneak this thing up and on him. No, no, he's going oh, to. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, dude, is he you know, overweight. We should, get all, we should when we win, we should all get matching tattoos and and we just give him the shot at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. know is he is he overweight?
0: Has, has the health? No, level he's of this he's guy? he's
1: the most in shape guy out of all of us. <laughs> well, he'll be fine. He's the fittest guy out of all of us. He played golf. So right the after after skating after every game right after every game I'm sitting there like oh man I don't know if I can skate tonight because this is game five out of seven. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to go play golf. And he's playing and he's speed walking. golf. He's walking. Speed he's not, he's not no. yeah. Speed golf. Oh, speed what? golf. <laughs> oh. Do you know what speed golf is? No. So speed golf is you're playing golf, but you're also doing this for, like, you basically run. Um, so it's not only just the strokes that you play. It's also how long it takes for you to complete a round. Jesus. So I'm on Wikipedia and it says the rules of speed golf one stroke is scored equally to 1 minute. So that shooting 90 on a golf course in 59 minutes and 30 seconds will result in the overall speed golf score of 149 to 30. So rules and etiquette are generally the same for speed golf and regular golf minor minor exceptions. So in the interest of time a golfer is allowed to putt with the flag stick st- flag stick left in the hole.
0: I kind of like that because some people just take way too many damn practice swings. That's the worst (laughs) thing about playing golf. It's not the, uh, it's not the fact that you're playing golf. It's everybody else that's playing golf. That's the problem with golf because these people who suck and still have to take 30 practice swings just to shank it in one way. You're like, dude, you could, you could have done that on the second try, Like you didn't need to take 30 to then whiff. So, anyway, that's my little yeah, rant so, about. So, but anyway, golfers. Speed,
1: speed golf is apparently a thing. Like it's it started in 1979, so it's new. But basically like just being like, yeah, you just run." So they wear they wear running shoes and they carry like four clubs. <laughs> and so this dude was playing speed golf after our, after our games, right? But he was also arguably the worst player cuz he's 69 years old. I'm hoping I'm able to still skate when I'm 69. Again, oh, so I think he's I'll in be in shape,
0: but he's still not a good
1: no, player. because uh, yeah, he's not. And again, I don't know if he was ever good, but at 69, I'm assuming I'm like, maybe you're maybe when you get to your mid 60s, you you know, feet don't move as well anymore. But anyways, hold right, me like, to, to it. Yeah, hold yeah. me to it. We'll find out. We'll, we'll, we'll both see. Find out. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, see, we'll find I'll probably out yeah. be skating at 69 because I'll find Absolutely. someone will find a way to drag me out there. Um, yeah, the so yeah, anyways, we, we get to the championship game and then there's, you know, like people start being like, huh, oh, the team from Wellington is really good. So and again, these are all guys that kind of play because the Wellington ho- hockey in New Zealand obviously isn't that big, so it's a bunch of new. Guys. Again, these guys have never seen. I mean, I'm a I'm a six two black guy with 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 dreadlocks. Yeah, like they've right. never so seen they, anything like me. So So they like did what they Bigfoot. It's
0: like like so, let's be honest. It's like so watching they do what Bigfoot they do. Come, yeah. Was it Hoosiers? Where like. All these like white kids are are like they they suck, and then all of a sudden they start to do better thanks to Gene Hackman. And then at the end, it's like the team they play has like one black guy, and they're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, so like, does that? Okay, so he, did they? So good. did you? Yeah. So did you? Did you guys then face the the final, and then all of a sudden they pulled out a black guy, and you're like, oh no. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> no, that's. <laughs> But he's a Canadian. He's like yeah, a exactly. black Canadian, Canadian. And like, oh, yeah. no, you guys, he's all Canadian.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, again, I was the, I was the only one down there. Not surprised by that. I was the only, again, there, there weren't even any Asian guys out there. Like, it was just just a bunch of bunch of Canadians, uh, you know, some people from the UK, and a bunch of Kiwis. So, anyways, we get the championship game. And, like, again, like, this is a team that we just started really playing together on the weekend. And it's like, I, I would say that this team would beat any team I played on in New York. Okay. Easily. And I I couldn't have told you that like three days before. Wow. Because I just didn't know. It's like we actually put together a pretty good tournament team. We end up winning the whole thing, which is great. So Went by one goal. And the yeah. and the guy that didn't score it at all during the entire tournament, his first time playing ice hockey scores the scores the game winning goal. You love to see it. Which you love to see. Um of course, I was. I was. You know, you gotta, you gotta tell them. Like, look, man, if we're gonna win, and this is me and some of the other guys being like, I know we're here to have fun, but winning is fun too. <laughs> so let's make sure we actually put this together. Which means, hey, you gotta shorten up your shifts. You staying out there for three minutes because you want ice time? It's like, buddy, thirty seconds. It's too long for off. anybody. It's too, too long, long. for anybody. Too long. And it's some. And why is it the guys that can't skate that
0: feel the need to stay on the ice so long? Why is it? Because they're Tell me. because because they're not as tired because they're they don't have any technique they're not trying they're they're kind of just doing whatever for they me, can do. When
1: when when we were playing, I mean, we were playing against some guys that were good. It was forty five seconds at the most, on and off thirty seconds on and off as hard as you can, getting the puck, trying to score, getting off. And I was playing forward, which as you know, mm-hmm. I am not a great forward, but come to find out, ah, I can still skate, <laughs> right? So yeah. still, you know, still I'm I'm still able to play forward. And especially being able to screen the goalie and move the puck around. And when you got some other guys that can skate with you, that's when it gets real fun. So playing forward is fun when you're actually on lines with guys who know positioning and know how to skate. Because then when you're passing the puck, it just doesn't die. Like, that's always the problem with men's league hockey, right? Like, you get the puck. And I had this in New York all the time. I have the puck. I'm playing forward. I would love to pass it to the guy. look up. And I'm like, if I pass it there, it's going to die. That's where it goes to die. So what do I do? I try to skate with everybody. Which, varying degrees of success, 25% of the time it works. Pretty good. But then you're also just like, oh man, I'm going to die if I keep doing this. I can't keep skating this way. I'm doing more skating than anybody. Um, so yeah. So anyways, Need Fun City won a hockey tournament. So now... Now, of course, there's a bit of a target, so there's all these tournaments that people are going to say, "Hey, you guys should bring that same team again," because now we're going to bring our really good players, and we're going to bring the guys that play in the, on the in the New Zealand ice hockey league. You know, some of these guys that are yeah. that are you know they're not playing the NHL; they're probably not even playing in most European leagues. But they're good. They're good players. They're guys that that are better than me because they're they're playing four days a week. You know, it's like an actual league where you can play and you know travel the country and, and be a hockey. player. Yeah, but player. you get. But you're retired now, right? I mean, I'm playing men's league hockey, and I've got a full-time job. I'm not skating four days yeah, a week. Yeah, so it's like,
0: no, no, no. We're going to be yeah. one
1: top of the mountain. That's it. so over. Pre- I mean, pretty much. And it's like, you guys <laughs> want to come to Wellington? Then you can come up here. But right now, I came, I saw I conquered, and I left. And it's uh, so, yeah. So, anyways, it was, a, it was a fun detour to being able to to play an ice hockey tournament, to turn back the clock, right? Playing two games. Again, the games were nicely spaced out, which was good. I think the earliest game we had was 9.30, and the mm-hmm. latest game we had was maybe seven, so you could skate at nine thirty you can go get some breakfast you can chill out you can you know stretch your legs a bit and then you get on the ice at five again or if you had a game at noon you get on the ice at seven so it was good um yeah and, and and I felt my legs felt pretty good um but I could definitely lose lo- lose a couple of pounds if I really wanted to you know I could really pick up a little bit of speed but uh, you know, look, I sit at a desk all day. What are you gonna do? Mm. Look who's look who's going off the wagon now. Look who's look who's uh yeah. putting on the pounds there. Hey, this is this is what happens when uh when you're busy and work's in the way and uh and yeah. And yeah, you're skating what, three days a week? Yeah, two or three. It days may be, a week, maybe maybe yeah. maybe on Sunday. Depending mm-hmm. on how I feel. <laughs> yeah, I'm skating tonight. It's exciting. Yeah, this, this is point point, the right? Life. Like I'm See... not in I'm not, I would say I'm not in hockey shape, even though I'm probably one of the one of the better players in
0: this country. Yeah. So I, I, I play I, full I, time on, I play full time on two teams. One of my teams started. zero and two. And now we're three and two. We're playing tonight. So hopefully we'll keep that going. The other team started at. Oh, it started as two and zero, and now is two and, and then went to two and three. Now we're three and three, but we beat on a team with like, who is awful with seven skaters. And even that was closer than it should have been. I'm yeah. on some weird hockey teams right now. It's strange.
1: Yeah, and what you notice too is that when you play in men's in in men's league, when your team is really good, you often play to the level of your
0: competition because <laughs> you're just like we should beat these guys, and then we're just like, well. Eh. So a couple of a uh, couple weeks ago, it was after yeah after we recorded, I had we had a game, and there was a I and like I was like dropping people like flies, and I was running late. I'll I'll give you the short version of the story. We started the game with. Four skaters and the goalie was getting dressed. So apparently the goalie wasn't even on the ice when they started. I was one of them who was late because of getting from Jersey. I had to pay $90 to get to the game 10 minutes late. Yeah. While a woman on the train was complaining about how trains were made in the 1900s. (laughs) So how was this even a problem? And then she looked it up. She's like, actually, they were made in the 1800s. (laughs) So this is even more unacceptable. So that's what I had to deal with. And she's like, and honestly, fuck. Everyone in New Jersey, fuck this place. I don't even care if you're from New Jersey. Fuck you. (laughs) That's what she was saying. She was she was upset. And uh, so, yeah, I paid uh, I paid like ninety dollars to get to the game ten minutes late. And so the game started with four people. In the second period, we had eight people and a goalie, which was the maximum amount of, of skaters I expected at this point. And then we started the third period with six skaters. And we won the game two nothing. Now you're probably wondering, yeah, how did you go from eight to six? Yeah, what happened? well, uh one guy pulled something and he couldn't skate anymore so he <laughs> has to get off. and then another Been guy another guy uh got into a fight and pushed a guy helmet helmet uh, pushed a guy's helmet off um and, uh, that'd do it. and and then got ejected and because the way that the league is working right now because they can't find scorekeepers they're all running time. So this thing started maybe like, so we're doing three 22 minute running time periods. And this thing, when the fight started, it basically went through to the end of the second period. <laughs> it was really weird. And I played the entire third period. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we won two, nothing It was very, very, very oh, odd. They had, they had the great. other team had 14 people. And you know what the problem was? Not enough people. Yeah, you want to take you want to take us down. You better bring an army. Oh, that's Jesus the that's the lesson. Well, let's be honest. Some of the best
1: games I've ever played in Chelsea Piers is when we have nobody there, right? You, yeah. I, I I tell this story all the time. Oh, Play yeah. a game, score six goals, and lose seven to six. I'll never forget that. <laughs> that would be one <laughs> of the last things I remember of. I'll never forget that. It was if me I, and you were me and you were on the ice the almost the entire time.
0: If it was me,
1: goals, (laughs) and we still lost,
0: I don't want to. I don't. I'm not trying to brag, but if I was in the hockey shape I'm in now, that game, we would have crushed them. It would have. It would have been. It would have been twelve to seven. They still would have scored seven goals, but
1: I'll never forget that. I I, I would have been able to match
0: your six goals. I, I I remember sitting there just shrugging, being like,
1: "There's nothing else I can do." It's like I, I left that game just being like, you know what, I'm not even mad about that.
0: I I scored two, basically two goals a period.
1: And we we still lost, lost a game,
0: so we lost a game a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago early on in the season. Remember, I was saying one of the teams started zero and two, so that was the Badgers, that's the team I run, lower division. We lo- we lost a game eight to nine, eight to nine. You score <laughs> eight goals and lose a game. I swear we had the worst. The- we're we're three and two right now, and we're like in the middle division. We have more goals against than any team because of the first two games alone. <laughs> because we, I, I got desperate for goalies. This will be the fir- This is game six, and it'll be the first night I've had. A, I've had a goalie. I've actually had a goalie that we've used prior, which is Greg, who's our main goalie. Yeah.
1: So again, I, I love goalies. Right? It's crazy. Like go- goalies are some of the greatest people on earth. They're crazy as a collective sure. group of people. Right. As a collective group of people. To to sit back there and and basically just allow people to fire this rubber disc at you for, Mm -hmm. you know, 45 to 60 minutes. You got to be a little insane. Couldn't do it. But there's nothing more than I love when you lose a game like that and the goalie goes, come on, guys, I really needed help back there. And it's like, bro, (laughs) it's
0: like they scored nine goals. Like I will give a goalie five. I'll let you score. I'll let you I'll give you an allowance of five goals. Depending on how bad the game goes, but it, so if we score six or more goals, we got to win. Then you have to then you have to start taking some responsibility.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's kind yeah. of my I'm, you know what I'm my with you. I like that rule. I like that rule. As a defenseman, I like that rule. If again, a few of them are going to get by you because I'm going to make a couple of mistakes and they're going
0: to make a couple of good plays as well. Get it? Now the caveat but, is like that. That's yeah. for a balanced game. That's like a game where you are at. Equal or better statue than the other team because if they're if they're running circles around you then everything's off the table. Yeah. It's like if you if you got a team of uh, of pylons and they're and they're all like skate circles and just ripping shots and have perfect positioning and all this other stuff then okay that's one thing. But in a game of equal matches, like where you have a chance, I'm giving you five. Yeah. And then everyone after that, I need you to pay me forty bucks. And 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 what's the ratio for one goal to
1: every what? Five shots? Four shots? Um, four
0: is pretty good. Yeah, it's like
1: 25%. Yeah, that's what One, yeah. So if you take 20 shots and they score mm-hmm. five goals and it's a competitive game, I can live with that. I'll be okay with that because 20 shots is a yep. lot of shots. It is a lot of shots, yeah. But if it's like 10 shots and you let in five goals, ah! 50-50 yeah, goal. shot!
0: Mm-hmm. Come on! First goalie we had... He let him, I think, 13. And then the uh, I swear this guy, I, it's like it might have been a second time playing on the ice. And then the uh, the second guy, I've never seen this happen, but it happened like more than once, which was this guy was enormous. And I was like, all right, it's got to be pretty solid. You know, he's big. He's got a big beard. It's going to be OK. <laughs> and then um, I've never seen this happen more than once in a game where a puck hits him in the chest like he saved it and then somehow still either pops over his shoulder and goes in the net. It's like I don't understand. You made the save, yet you still had a a wacky ass position enough to make it go in. It's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> but so anyway. yeah,
1: men's league hockey. It's uh, it's got its moments, and it's got its moments where you're like, man, why do I do this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like so many yeah, other fun. things I could spend my money on. But yeah, anyways, it was. I I enjoyed my time. It was good. Winning good. helps. But sounds I like a my fun time. time. Makes me want to play in more tournaments around New Zealand because there are more rinks in New Zealand. So definitely trying to get see if we can get to maybe some of the guys who struggled a little bit. Fill those with some with some mid level guys. With some guys, I who think, think, think uh, the
0: puck. I think you could uh, think you'll play me out there if uh, you if could I can totally make the trip.
1: join this team. If you made the trip for one of these tournaments, you could a hundred percent play on this team. You can mean you can I'm play forward it. on the same line and we can I'm doing it and we can just we can run things.
0: We could have an America line. And Here's my once they let me in the country, like without needing a quarantine for a month. When is there any? Is there any sight of that happening? <laughs> so look real
1: quick because I guess I guess it count as reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. If it's from New Zealand, it's At just this New point,
0: Zealand. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. It's so, all, so politics so don't so be anything. Yeah.
1: All, all I'm gonna say is that New Zealand has given up <laughs> for a country that spent the last 18 months pretty much. And you guys saw this as well in the news of New Zealand did it the right way. We should all be yeah. like New Zealand. We but should all move to New Zealand. Now you're equipped. Now you're well, Now equipped. we've got the vaccine and we've also got people who are just not going to follow the rules. So yeah, we've well, basically bailed. We've bailed on this elimination strategy of trying to have no COVID. That's over. Like it's yeah. just we had 160 cases yesterday. Like we're done. Yep. Right. Yep. So now it's get you your vaccine. And if you get your vaccine, w- w- were there 161 cases? <laughs> See?
0: 161.
1: Yeah. So now, if you get your vaccine, you're going to get a passport. And they've said that if you've taken Johnson and Johnson, Moderna, or AstraZeneca overseas, you also qualify, right? Now we have Pfizer for vaccination. Pfizer as well, because that's that, that's what we took. We've got all Pfizer here. So okay, Pfizer's cool. given. Just make sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, that That's I've got my two doses of Pfizer. I'm now on my third week. I'm good. So another weekend, I'll be actually fully vaccinated. And what they're going to do is basically say, hey, you can do what you want if you're vaccinated is where we're headed. Right. So now there's still restrictions. You still have to wear masks and they're still trying to slowly get up to 90 percent. So I believe Wellington is at 90 percent vaccinated where I was in Dunedin at the time was 90 percent. I think they're 92. Auckland is 91 percent. It's like we've got really high vaccination rates here. Just the people in the woods. It's They're just the people it. in the woods. And look, quite frankly, it's it's minorities. It's people who are less trustful of the government for good reason. But in this case, it's like, hey, look at all the white people taking this thing. You're probably going to be okay. Um, if they were giving it to you first, then, yeah, then you'd be skeptical. But when you got Jacinda and all these rich people taking this thing, I'm sure it's probably pretty good. Um, so we're getting to the point where now the quarantine time is not 14 days anymore. It's seven days. Right. God. So the manage isolation thing when you fly into the country is going to be seven days and they're going to trial this and then they're going to trial self-vaccinating or so self-isolating at home when you come into the country for seven days. And then what that basically means when you say, hey, well, just go home and stay at home for seven days. Like that that means we're done. Right. That means people are going to say, yeah, four or five days. I feel good. I'm going to go outside and I'm vaccinated. Right. So the chances of me catching this and the chances of me spreading this are less. So New Zealand has taken they have bailed on the elimination strategy and they've done it very quickly quietly which is the part i find funny because we spent the last 18 months telling everyone if you did what new zealand did everyone would be better off and we probably would have been as a world population if everyone would have just sort of followed the rules and stayed home
0: yeah yeah it's too
1: late for that but but we didn't right yep Mm -hmm. and so now new zealand has kind of been like well, we're gonna try to eliminate stay home do these lockdowns until all of a sudden you realize oh well we can't do lockdowns for eight weeks. It's too expensive. And people aren't mm-hmm. following the rules. People are going to go out. People are going to go see their family. People don't care as much as you think, as, you know, people are wary of this thing. We've been talking about COVID now coming up on two years. People are tired mm-hmm. of this. Yep. So it's it's get your vaccine, mm-hmm. get your passport. You want to go to a concert? Got to be vaccinated. Yep. Some, they're even saying if you want to be a teacher or you want to work in healthcare, you want to be a doctor, you want to be a nurse. You have to be vaccinated. Otherwise, you're going to lose your job. So, New Zealand is going to take this to the totally opposite. Like, we are going to, these vaccine mandates are here. And I wouldn't even be surprised if my job tells people in order to come into the office, you have to be vaccinated because the government's already doing it. Places of business are already doing it. You're not going to be able to work at a diner or at a Burger King unless you're vaccinated. So they're pretty much just going to make people get to the point where they're going to ostracize you if you're not vaccinated. And so I don't know how I feel about that, but also being selfish. I don't really care because I'm vaccinated. So if you don't want to play by the rules, the 10% of you, we can't stop the world for the 10% of you dummies. Like I can see if it was 60, like if it was in the States, right? Where like 40% of the people aren't vaccinated. I Like, okay. But here... 90% and 90% compliance with this thing for the most part right like with Maori mm. and with with um sort of Pacific Islanders the vaccination rates are less but they're raising as well right i think it's 71% 83% like it's we're over the 75% mark for vaccination which means hey if you're not going to get on this boat then i hope you like staying at home cuz that's what you're going to have to do yep
0: so yeah it's crazy
1: well yes yeah, so we've turned the corner everyone's vaccinated no more holier than now new zealand is the greatest place because we follow the rules now we're all getting shots and we're going to run around like everybody else
0: so well that's um yeah glad glad to see you uh getting on the same page with us here makes perfect sense. yeah
1: we're finally finally coming along so uh i look forward to being able to travel to the u.s and have my little vaccine passport and travel back and forth it's gonna be fun
0: (laughs) yeah well once they let me do it let me know about the tournament and i will be there 1st cool. yeah, yeah, I'll like, make this promise. The first tournament that you can, that I could actually travel to New Zealand, not have to quarantine for any substantial amount of time, and get out there and start skating with you guys, I'm in. I'm in. Cool. And look, yep. vice versa, I was telling some of the,
1: the better guys about playing this Vegas tournament. And of course, these guys, right, who don't get to travel much. and some, I mean, some of these guys are from Canada and from some of these other areas, but they're like, we should absolutely put a New Zealand team together and go play in a Vegas tournament. How awesome would that be? Um so yeah I I think I think this weekend sparked quite a few people going like you know what playing in tournaments when you win is fun. And I agree. <laughs> play like a tournaments tournament when you get. Do you think they do any tournaments crushed. in Japan? I, I would totally play in a tournament with Japan. And quite frankly there's I I was telling you this one of these guys was saying that there's a there's an old Canadian a group of guys in in Canada who are in their 60s and 50s and 60s now who've been playing together for 20 to 30 years and they're yeah, called the Old Puckers. Cool. Right? They're mm-hmm. called the Old right Puckers. Now. Good name. And apparently all they do is look for international tournaments. So they they, you know, these guys are obviously some of them are retired, some of them have jobs where it allows them to, you know, six times a year. So every couple of months, you get the boys together, you get on a flight, and you travel to Japan, Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Germany. You just travel around the world as this Canadian team and you just play in hockey tournaments. So you get to see new cities, you get to do some skating, you get to meet new people. And I was like, how fun would that be to put together a tournament team where, you know, especially when you're younger, you maybe once or twice a year, you pick a cool country and you, you know, and you get into that tournament. And then when you get older, you just go, OK, we're now in our 50s. Let's just uh, let's just get together and just do it more often. Let's do it every couple of months. Sounds good. Yeah, man. So so, yeah, so that's right where on. we've been. Sorry. Sorry for no podcast. And the podcast coming out late after two weeks is Jason's fault. 100%. I was told me that uh that you uh you you, you stowed away an episode, so that's all I you. just yeah, that was on me
0: that was all on me it was uh it's been busy, man, I've been really busy, all right, you know, and yeah. um sometimes it's just the last thing you think about when you get home and like you know ten o'clock at night and you're just like, uh eh. why wow. sit on this couch did you hear
1: that the last thing you think about is the fans of this show huh, Sorry. <laughs>
0: sorry, there's the first thing I think about. No, you're lying. You're lying. Because <laughs> then you would have been like, hey, where's the podcast? <laughs> That's a good point. Well, look, normally I'll give you, I got some news stories here. Normally I'd give you a choice, but because we're already talking about New Zealand, I got, I got, I really need to talk to you about this one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Reading from the Guardian. New Zealand council ends contract with wizard oh, after yeah, two decades wizard. of service. Do you know about this?
1: I do know about this. <laughs> Okay. Here we this go. this is this. in the
0: set. This this <laughs> came up during the tournament this
1: weekend because this is in the South Island, and so we were asking one of the teams. I believe he's. I believe they're from. Um. I believe he lives in Christchurch. Is that right?
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, let yeah. me get so you know, one. Get one of the, there's it? a couple
1: teams from Christchurch, and uh, and yes, yeah, so we were talking about the wizard. But continue, please. Okay.
0: Here we go. The wi- the official wizard <laughs> of New Zealand. Perhaps the only state-appointed wizard in the world has been cast from the public payroll, spelling the end to a 23-year legacy. The wizard, they capitalize this, by the way, every single time they write the wizard, yeah. whose real name is Ian Brackenbury well, Channel. Well, Chanel? Because
1: I, I will say this. He he has received the Queen's Service Medal, so it's an official appointed title. Because I believe that it's you get that from New, in New Zealand for someone who services the to the who's, who's has who gives a public service or they've been
0: appointed to office. So because the wizard has been appointed, you gotta
1: capitalize it. It's an official title.
0: Well his real name? Ian Brackenbury Chanel, I'm assuming that's how you say it. Eighty eight. Had been contracted to Christchurch City Council for the past two decades to promote the city through quote acts of wizardry and other wizard-like <laughs> services end quote <laughs> at a cost of how many dollars per year do you think he made?
1: Uh I I, I mean it was was it six was it six? Oh, figures? you already know?
0: Yeah. No, 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 no.
1: Okay. Well, I, I, again, I remember this discussion, but I don't remember sixteen thousand dollars. Was. Sixteen thousand. Okay. Yeah.
0: He has been paid a total of three hundred sixty-eight thousand dollars.
1: That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a total wizard, amount that he
0: had been paid. But I don't know if that's in New Zealand dollars or real dollars. I don't know. The w- probably New Zealand dollars because he's in New Zealand. <laughs> okay. So that's not that much money. It's like what seventy dollars. The wizard who was born in England, began performing acts of wizardry and entertainment in public spaces shortly after arriving in New Zealand in 1976. When the council originally tried to stop him, the public protested. In 1982, the New Zealand Art Gallery Directors Association said he had become a living work of art. And then in 1990, the prime minister at the time, Mike Moore, asked that he consider consider becoming the wizard of New Zealand. Again, capitalized. Quote, I am concerned that your wizardry is not at the disposal of the entire nation, end quote, Moore wrote on his official letterhead. Quote, I suggest, therefore, that you should urgently consider my suggestion that you become the wizard of New Zealand, Antarctica, and relevant offshore areas. No doubt there will be implications in the area of spells, blessings, curses, and other supernatural matters that are beyond the competence of mere prime ministers, end quote. Since then... He has performed in Christchurch rain danced in New Zealand and Australia during droughts and has awarded and has and was awarded the Queen's service medal in the 2009 Queen's birthday honors. But he has also encountered controversy with off color comments about. Women. Yes. What? Yeah, A man. An 88 year old white man. <laughs> I don't believe this. In April. In in an April screening of Channel Three's comedy series affairs sh- affairs showed New Zealand Today, hosted by which Guy is, which, Williams. Which, which by the way, which by the way mm-hmm. is you should watch.
1: You should watch New Zealand today. It's there are some it's basically this guy goes around New Zealand guy and finds Williams sort of interesting man 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 on the street type of stories. Uh me and Alice watch some of these. They're they're ridiculous. It pretty much explains what I now know is this country. So New Zealand today, Guy Williams, look it up on YouTube. Um, yeah. There's <laughs> there's all sorts of there's videos about five about the the five G vaccine. Um, mm-hmm. There's stories about uh, looking for a magical dolphin. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's one of the better things that that New Zealand puts like the man steals monkey from a zoo was something that happened here in Wellington, and it's pretty amazing. Some of the people that you see coming out of these stories are ridiculous.
0: Well, here, the wizard said he liked to tease women by telling them they were devious and said, quote, they use cunning to get men who are thick, end quote. I don't think he meant literally, right? I think (laughs) he meant mentally. Yes. Like thick-headed? Quote Yes, not T H I C C thick. <laughs> no. <laughs> like thick, thick men. Yes. Yeah, that might be what they do. Quote, I love women. I forgive them all the time. I've never struck one yet. Never strike a woman because they bruise too easily is the first thing. <laughs> and they'll tell the neighbors and their friends, and then you're in big trouble. And <laughs> let me be clear. I didn't read this article. <laughs> of course you didn't read it. Of course did I mean. just I saw the length. I'm like, this looks about right. Uh it, although it it does get a little long here. But at the same time, uh, I'm like, yeah, we gotta talk about this wizard character. And I'm I'm pretty excited that it's gone. So he's from place. the Sean
1: Connery school of Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Honestly, he's just said never mind. The council said it had sent the wizard a letter thanking him for his service to Christchurch over the past decades and informing him they were closing the book on his contract. The council spokesperson Lynn McClellan said. McClellan added, that it was, diffi- it was a difficult decision, but the wizard would, quote, forever be a part of Christchurch's history, end quote. The city embarking on new tourism and promotional direction that will reflect its diverse communities and, showca- and, quote, showcase a vibrant, diverse, modern city that is attractive to residents, domestic and international visitors, new businesses, and skilled migrant workers, end quote, she said the wizard said the council had decided to stop paying him because he did not fit the vibes of the city that's in quotes he yep. said he was a provocateur quote it implies that i am boring and old but there is nobody else any there's nobody else anything like me in christchurch and quote that's the actual quote he said quote <laughs> it's just they don't like me because they are boring old bureaucrats and everyone likes me and no one likes them and quote he said the wizard is a well-known face to Christchurch residents, but in recent years, his presence has diminished, you think? And sightings have become rare. He says that it that is because the council has made him invisible and would not respond to his suggestions to improve tourism. But, quote, but when they canceled this honorarium. Everyone gets furious. They have awakened a hornet's nest here. It's hilarious. The next few months are going to be real fun, end quote. The wizard said he would keep up his regular appearances at Christ Church's Arts Center, chatting chatting to tourists and locals. The center is hosting an exhibition of his life this month, which is, support, which is supported by the council. When asked if he would curse the council over his decision, he said he preferred to give blessings. Quote, I give children happy dreams, general good health, and I want to make bureaucrats become more human and quote. What do you think? Did they did they yeah, just so cancel look, the I, wizard?
1: Well, they not only did they cancel the wizard, right? And this is this is a general New Zealand problem, right? So like the South, for those who don't know New Zealand's population, right? Mm-hmm. There's two islands, right? North and the South. There's five million people here. I believe 4 of those 5 million people live in the North Island with 1.4 of those 4 million people in the North Island living in Auckland. So, New Zealand's pretty heavily weighted towards Auckland, right? Like Auckland is where the, was where the country is really. Like sure, Wellington has half a million people if you include all the suburbs of Wellington and all the other little regions. And, you know, there's a smattering here, there in Christchurch, right? So Christchurch was the biggest, was the second biggest population or third biggest city-wise until the earthquakes in 2010. If you remember, there are basically two earthquakes within the span of a couple of, you know, with, you know, six, seven months of each other, I believe, Mm -hmm. that basically demolished that city. I've been to Christchurch twice and both times you just look at this and go like, it looks like an earthquake just hit this city. And that's what, at the time it was seven years later? So it's not like Christchurch has a bunch of money to be rebuilding stuff, but it's ripe for gentrification. So Hmm. Christchurch would be a perfect city for a bunch of people to move to, build a bunch of new things, right? Build the population back up, put cafes and restaurants and, you know, make it more of an international city than it has been because the South Island historically is known for being pretty white. All the brown people live in the North Island because North Island's is where the population is, right? So the South Island can sometimes have a reputation of kind of being some racist and, you know, not wanting Pacific Islanders or Maori or Indian people or Asian people down there. Like, I mean, the, the, the mass shooting that happened here happened in Christchurch. So I think and Christchurch is ripe for some gentrification and having an old 88-year-old white guy talk about hitting women – in his past and dressing around like a
0: He said he didn't. Again, yes, he said he didn't, but still the fact that never struck one yet. Never strike a woman. That's what he said. Well No no (laughs) he did. Yeah, you know what? You're taking him out of context. All he said was never strike a woman. Oh you you forgot the the second half of because because they bruise Not too because easily, it's wrong. and they'll tell. Yeah, well, everybody bruises. Because they'll snitch. You said it yourself. A lot of white people down there. That's what he was yeah, talking about. Yeah, they bruise because they're too. white. Yes, and they'll tell the neighbors. Yeah, of course you're going to tell your neighbors because you were assaulted. Yes, yes. Again, as you should. What did he say that's wrong? Don't strike <laughs> women. They bruise. And, and look, and they I, when, will when tell will... you that you hit them, and that you will suffer the consequences. That he said these. This is exactly <laughs> what he said. What did he say that's wrong? <laughs> Nothing. He's right. The wizard's right. <laughs> there you go. The wizard's right. He's smart. He's the wizard. He's smart. He's a smart wizard. And look, smart I just wizard. think he looks it's like I think Gandalf, it's a, he's got the he's got the sage advice of Gandalf. But I
1: think that's part of the problem as well, is that I think in general, New Zealand, as New Zealand sort of you know, as more people move to semi cities, you don't want to just like Lord of the Rings stuff all the time. Like Lord of the Rings now, that stuff came out almost twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta move away from a wizard and a white guy holding a staff and a pointy hat. Now, at the same time, I mean, how much is sixteen thousand dollars? You couldn't have just this dude's going to be gone, and I mean, give him what another ten years if he's lucky.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you think you think he's uh, vaccinated? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I don't know if the wizard is vaccinated. He might be. He might be. And wizards get vaccinated, or is that oh, kind of like, or are
1: they already vaccinated? Do they come vaccinated?
0: Like, is he going to use being a wizard as like a religious exemption? Might he looks like the kind of guy that would. Yes, he does. You know.
1: Yes, I mean, and he looks. I mean, he is. Yeah, like the fact. I mean, again, he got money from the council, and it's sixteen thousand dollars. You couldn't just keep paying this. How much money do you think the council waste? And this is any council, like waste on really dumb stuff. And it's like, I mean, at
0: least at least
1: sixteen thousand. At least sixteen thousand. So if I'm going to waste it on yeah, (laughs) yeah, if I'm going (laughs) to waste it on dumb stuff, let it be this guy and his dumb stuff. That's Mm -hmm. fine. Right. So yeah, like that's. It's one of those things where uh I, I understand all the sides of this. <laughs> and I'm not surprised that that Christchurch has a has a appointed wizard. That doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I'm just glad I'm just glad that it's not the Grand Wizard.
0: Yeah. Well Yeah. Well uh oh, that they're not paying the Grand Wizard sixteen thousand dollars a year. It was a it was a it was a KKK joke. I know it was a KKK joke. I was just being like, you're happy that they're not paying them. I agree. I'm glad you don't find out that the that Christchurch yes. is paying the Grand Wizards yes. any sort of money. And that he's not wearing a purple robe.
1: That makes me very happy yeah. to say that while Christchurch maybe has a reputation of being a little, you know, of, of having, having some different non-PC views, uh, that they haven't gone that far. So
0: yes. Yeah. Exactly. And again, is- Christchurch,
1: lovely, lovely city. Every city I've been into in New Zealand. Now, I've, been to, I've been to some towns where you're just like, there's nothing here. But most places in New Zealand, pretty great cities, pretty cool cities. Like They're small, but beautiful scenery, and Christchurch is weird. It's a little flat, um, but Christchurch was a cool place. I enjoyed my time at Christchurch.
0: I did not go because it was shortly after that earthquake that basically took out all the trains.
1: Yes. Oh, that's a different earthquake. Yeah, yeah, different.
0: You're talking about the recent earthquake, but yeah. Like yeah, that was like, what, the, 2017? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: 2017 earthquake where you couldn't travel by train down there. So yeah, like the South Island is for as beautiful as it would be to live down there recent history has not been very kind earthquake wise to them. So, yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah. Well, moving on, here's a story from Taiwan that we need to talk about. This one's quick. Um, this was actually put to my attention by either drew or his girlfriend. Jamie is one of those two um, reading from dot com. Never heard of this, but I appreciate their brevity. Taiwanese teacher uses adult video platform Pornhub to teach mathematics. Oh, teach math. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it has to put in the sub headline. Video platform Pornhub is normally associated with adult entertainment. Thanks. <laughs> I think I'm going to start using today online as a, uh, as a resource moving forward because this is the kind of hard-hitting journalism you could expect from these guys. But a Taiwanese teacher decided to go against the flow and use the platform to to offer mathematics lessons instead. The 34-year-old, identified as Mr. Chang-Shu, has a master's degree in the subject and has been teaching online and in Taiwanese schools for 15 years. He also lectured on YouTube before developing an online course with its own dedicated URL last year, Mel Magazine reported. Mr. Chang also started to spread his numeric gospel on Pornhub last year as he wanted more people to view them. Quote, since very few people teach math on adult video platforms, and since there are so many people who watch videos on them, I thought that I would upload my, I I thought if I uploaded my videos there, a lot of people would see them. And quote, he was quoted to say, thanks. That's what the quotes are for. It doesn't matter. So far, Chang's plan has worked well. His videos have been has been viewed 1.6 million times, and it directs business to his more profitable online course. "Quote: Many students who need a teacher who can teach math know me through Pornhub, and some of them buy my course." End quote. To date. His online course has pulled in I about, oh my god, these are two currencies I don't know. NT seven <laughs> seven point five million dollars and S three hundred and sixty-three thousand dollars. I don't even know what that is. Let's see. Let's I'm looking at an article
1: that says that says he earns two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year doing this.
0: Wow. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. per this year each teacher use? uses porn site to teach calculus earns two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars a year. That's the article I'm looking at that's
0: probably about that, which he uses to pay his bills and provide a decent salary to his employees who help him teach on his various platforms. According to the portal, the Pornhub community has also accepted Mr. Shang and his lessons. He is now a verified Pornhub member and the comments beneath his videos are mostly (laughs) wholesome and welcoming. For example, a user using the handler Hane... Hanimachan says, quote, thanks, I needed this for my math finals, end quote. Another who goes by Roberts Hole wrote, quote, gross, this guy, this guy will do anything to reach his students, end quote. So there you go. You know what? Good on him. I agree. Oh, yeah. Bright I'm not a condemning like, this guy.
1: This is awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Like, again, like, if you know your students are... You know, if you know that you've got platforms to reach people and look, I mean, this this happened during the Trump stuff, didn't it? Where YouTube was starting to ban like gun videos and stuff. And so people went to Pornhub to put their content because it's like, well, you know, you're not going to censor me. You know, if the worst thing I'm doing is, is, you know, showing gun reviews on Pornhub, (laughs) like you're not going to get rid of me because you're showing other stuff up there. So yeah, but I also, think that's pretty uh, I think that's pretty good. Good on this guy for finding multiple platforms and getting his calculus t- lessons out there. I think it's super cool.
0: Also, I wonder how like he's probably monetizing these, right? He's gonna get ads. And sure. because yeah, it's I'm not just him so. that's making money. I don't know if you need to have ads on a video, but you would assume I, 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 that I don't
1: know how that stuff works, but yeah. You, like I'm on YouTube, I, I I'm wonder, assuming he'd have ads. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like I wonder if he makes more money. From like if, if you had a video that had the same amount of views on Pornhub and YouTube, who would give you more money? Google I don't know. That's a good Pornhub. question. That's a, that's a good question. I would assume Google,
1: but that's also me being very naive on the way that the adult industry works.
0: Yeah, like know. why wouldn't you put why wouldn't you look at Pornhub as just another video, video streaming site. platform?
1: No, that's what yeah. people have said. Now, again, the name and stuff doesn't help if you just called it the hub. And then you had all types of videos on there. But then you got to do, I guess, some of the problem with that is like then, you know, Pornhub is not Google has to do quite a bit of work as far as curating content between ages, between what people want to see.
0: Right. Or Pornhub doesn't do that. They have to make sure there's not illegal content, that there's not illegal content. But yeah. So at this point, I believe Pornhub reviews every video that goes up on their site. I'm assuming they do. And yes, that's done by real people. And yes, that has to be the worst job. Yeah, sounds awful. I mean even so, even going
1: even doing that for YouTube, even though I know they've got algorithms and computers to do that, that like it having to review co- unfiltered content in general I think has to be a terrible job.
0: Well, I think on YouTube it's more curated, like by the u- by the users. It's not actually because there's enough people on YouTube where if something like that gets out because you put a video on YouTube, it's up instantaneously. There's no review yes. process. Yes. So, I would assume that for if if you because I believe Pornup came out and said they do review every video, so if that's the case, someone has to view it. And the worst thing about that is not thinking about all the videos that are on the site that have to be that had to be reviewed. It's about all the site it's about all the videos that they didn't put on the site. Mm. Like that's that's a that's a job. Like that is awful. I hope they make a shit ton of money and get they daily don't therapy. They're probably because don't. It's yeah. uh, it's crazy. But anyway, the idea of this, I thought this is brilliant. I do wonder if there's a point where Pornhub does do something because that that company's huge. MindGeek is an enormous company. I'm sure they they are. own they basically own anything porn related on the internet. Like they probably own about eighty percent of the of the porn on the internet. Look, and look, man
1: it's it's one of those industries that ninety nine percent of us don't want to be associated with. Right. In our public lives, maybe not 99%. Maybe that's me thinking old school. Maybe now that the world has become more progressive, maybe it's 80% of us don't want, you know, you don't want to be walking around. And someone goes, well, what do you do? It's like, well, I, I run an old entertainment site, right? Like that's not because I've, I've, got, I know people who were trying to become cinematographers and film directors. And there's a lot of work of doing camera work in this industry. But the minute that you put that on your resume, you're basically blacklisted from doing any other type of what you would consider more normal work, right? Commercials, you know, television broadcasts, movies. So a lot of people work in this industry, obviously, and they keep it very secret. So the fact that, like you said, this company, that's probably worth billions and billions of dollars. If you looked up the worth of this company, I bet you it's probably up there with some of the big tech companies. has to be, right?
0: Uh Yeah. Like they've, yeah. they've gotta be
1: up there with, with some of the bigger tech companies as far as net worth, but you'll never hear about it because it's an industry that no one likes talking about.
0: Yeah. Well, I just opened incognito here and tried to find this guy's site. It tried to find this guy's channel, and I cannot.
1: Uh, no, I the just... channel's on this. I've I found it. I can send it to you because it's on this um it's on this Kotaku article that I that I had. I'll send it to you. I'll send you the direct link to that to his channel, so we don't have to see any other any other content that you don't want to see, but yeah, it's just basically him standing there at a at a chalkboard is what all of his videos are.
0: Yeah, um, I was just curious to know how many views they had. Like, oh, you actually you could actually pay him. You could do the premium ones here as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. So like, I would say like this is now this is a recent. I would say before he was maybe getting a hundred and thirty five views, but recently fifty thousand views for a video that went up. It's hard to tell when total video views one million eight hundred thirty one thousand. Yeah. He's cool. Six point seven subscribers. He's I going also up in like, the rankings.
0: Yeah. I also yeah. like how here, like I guess they do this for porn stars and stuff, so they have all the different qualifications of uh, of this dude. Relationship status: taken, interested in girls. City, country, male. But it's like endowment: five to seven inches <laughs> height, five seven, five seven weight, ethnicity two hundred nine pounds. Foreskin, a... foreskin, uncut. Like they go yeah. deep. Facial hair: yeah, no I mean, tattoos, I mean... no piercing, no. Yeah. Yeah, but
1: that's that's what I mean. He's playing into it a bit, and it, Turn I, off I think Pornhub. What? No, wow, it say.
0: that's what no, it says. It, it, no, it says
1: something. It says something else there, though. There's something in Chinese. All right, let's see. Chinese to you Put that in. It it might just right, say
0: like see. uh like these types of people on on channel. Page. Yeah, it just says channel is Pornhub. Uh, maybe if I put this all in. Channel deleted by Pornhub. Oh, that's what he doesn't. like. He doesn't like when <laughs> Pornhub. And again, maybe Pornhub yeah. tried to delete his
1: channel before, and then he put it back up there. And now he's monetized, and he's he's you know he's got a check mark next to his name, which I'm assuming, yep, we clicked over. It says verified member, so very much like Twitter. He's got a fan club, right? It's like he's he's doing he's doing stuff. Now, what yeah. would happen if this dude did start doing adult videos? <laughs> if his channel just switched,
0: and it's just him. Oh. Uh, you think this is like uh, this is like a Trojan horse?
1: Yeah, it's a Trojan horse. I'm going to get you with math. I'm going to get you into the circus tent with math, and then I'm going to start showing you my
0: my parts. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, God bless him. Good luck. <laughs> you know, I, I I I that there's various ways into it. He kind of did like a weird Kim Kardashian thing, right? But he did it with yeah, it's teaching like the opposite, math, right? it's <laughs> yeah. like the opposite. Which again, which I think is a little more wholesome. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. So good. I
1: like this guy. It's a great story.
0: Yeah, it's really great. Well, that's all. That's all the stories I had. We can. Uh, you wanted to talk about Alec Baldwin for a bit as we go into yeah, media yeah, therapy. Let's, yeah, let's talk about that because um, it's it's it's
1: interesting because that all happened when I was in Dunedin, and it was maybe what four days after we had talked about the AIESEC strike, which now is going to be super late because you put a podcast up yesterday, so super old news in that podcast, by the way. Um, because the strike actually got resolved (laughs) right after we did that podcast yeah and so i mean at this point i think everyone knows alec baldwin was handed a prop gun prop gun was actually loaded with real bullets i'm assuming they were doing some type of filming where he pointed the gun at the camera and fired it fired the gun killed the killed the the cinematographer and injured the director And so now there's all of this inquiry into, well, how did this happen? You know, why are we using real guns on set? Was the gun loaded? Was it supposed to be loaded? And now they're looking into people not doing the right thing, right? So it's like, oh, well, they were supposed to do this. So they were, you know, you're supposed to, you know, make sure that the gun is unloaded and that you're using blanks and this much gunpowder. And let's talk about the armor or the assistant, the assistant director who was fired before for being unsafe on set. Um. The funny the reason why I want to talk about this is because it's real interesting how all of a sudden everyone's like, "Well, you should just do all this stuff in c g and I spent a lot of time doing muzzle flashes and tracer fire, right? That's something that comes into the department that I am in professionally. We do quite a bit of work of actually just replacing gunfire like on on the Apes movies, right all those guns obviously you don't have c g you don't have c g monkeys firing real guns right it's all c g no
0: wait 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 wait, wait what.
1: Every, all, the, all the gunfire in the Apes movies, for the most part, is all done digitally. You didn't give those monkeys the guns? No, we didn't give the monkeys the guns because this would happen,
0: right? Uh, yeah, you know, that's
1: probably a good call. Yeah. So, in general, that's generally how this stuff is done. But you have some of these, you know, I don't know much about this movie, Rust, I don't know much of whether or not – I'm assuming it's a Western movie, obviously. Yep, it's a Western. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the need to use live firearms is kind of non-existent at this point. Sure, it helps with the acting, right? Like, you know, if you had a real-life Thanos, it would be much better to actually act with him there. But instead, you deal with Josh Brolin and you give him a big, you know, blue screen head above him. So the actor has eyeline and can talk to him, right? Like there's ways we can get around this stuff. We've been doing this on Marvel movies for years where obviously 90% of the crap on screen doesn't exist. So you get Benedict Cumberbatch in a big blue room and he's looking up and he's doing his acting part. And then we add it all digitally. And some of these movies though, you have these purists who want to do all this stuff in camera, which again, I think is super cool. Like the more you do stuff practically, the more that everyone in the actual, in the actual production of the filming, you know, the better acting you get, the better response you get. When there's a gun firing and it's an actual firing, it adds a bit of realism to the actual performance of what you're doing. But we are drastically headed towards, you know, people on set, it's much. It's it's a very dangerous job. People get injured all the time on set, whether it's stunt actors or just actors being in positions that are, all right, we're, everyone's tired. We've been doing this for 10 hours. we got to get this last shot. And we got to get it soon because if we don't, we get into double pay, triple pay. You know, we got to pay all the people here to keep this production running. And that is more expensive and mostly because it's unionized than it is to pay me to sit at my desk at a computer and do Uh thousands of iterations of something. Because, you know, I'm not not unionized. I can't say, well, after eight hours, I I get a union breaker. After eight hours, I need to paid time and a half. After 10, I get paid double. After 12, I get paid triple. I don't, you know, we don't have that type of stuff in our industry. So I do, I find it interesting from that side of things where it's like, yeah, we can make movies digitally. So many movies are coming out where, again, I just watched the latest Bond movie. Ton of stuff there that's not practical. And then you look after the movie and see the list of visual. There's like seven visual effects houses that worked on that movie explosions and missiles and all that stuff a bunch of stuff that's just like yeah that's that's digital cg but it doesn't take anyone away from the movie no one's gonna look at the bomb movie and go oh that was dumb they should have used real missiles right like who cares so in my opinion this is one of those cases where i would be very surprised if they just didn't ban live firearms even shooting blanks from sets if they pretty much say you can have a gun you got to have an orange tip on there and it can't actually fire anything, and everything else needs to be added digitally, and that needs to be part of your budget, because there's no real reason to have a live firearm on a set anymore. It's just not necessary. There's more gunfire that's replaced digitally than any of you realize. Gunfire, and even after you use it practically,
0: yeah. right? Like everybody talks about how in Mad Max, like they had all those explosions, right? And then you yeah. look at the actual. Go fake. What they Office. recorded and what's yeah. on this film, like they blew it up like three times the size of what they yeah. actually are. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: And it's like doing stuff on set is great because you get great reference, right? Like I get mm-hmm. awesome reference of explosions and stuff on set. It's very expensive to blow something up practically. You got to get demolitions experts and fire safety crew, and you got to pay a dumb, you probably have to get 50 people on your crew the day that you want to blow stuff up. And half of them, just being honest, are standing around just making sure that, well, I'm just in charge of this one little thing to make sure that it goes off right. And all it takes is for one person to make a mistake for something like this to happen versus doing it digitally. Sure, I'd love to get paid more. But at the same time, I every time I run an explosion simulation, I'm not fear that I'm going to blow up in my house. It's all digital. It's all fake. So I just think we're headed towards people, one, people realizing, you know, we don't have to do this stuff practically. And two, the industry kind of being forced of saying like, if you have better ways of doing this digitally, do it digitally and pay those people correctly. So it's a shame that this woman had to lose her life over something that is really completely avoidable and completely preventable. Um, so, yeah, so that's my take on it as someone who works in the film industry of being like, look, you guys don't understand. I would probably say 90 percent of the gunfire in bond fake.
0: mm." Yep,
1: and, and 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 that's me being generous of saying maybe they're doing stuff more practical. And Bond, I would maybe even argue a hundred percent of it is fake. The way that he's, the way that they're firing the guns and the way that stuff's going off, I would argue that probably most of those muzzle flashes and and smoke and shells coming out of the gun is fake, because I'm I'm looking at a movie where I'm doing it right now. Just spent Friday looking at looking at fake shell cartridges and it, you know gas firing from the from the chamber. And muzzle flashes and how many rounds of a tracer do you get? What are tracer rounds? Like we're having these discussions digitally. Mm-hmm. So just be aware. If anyone, if you're those of you who aren't in the in the industry, be like, well, how are we gonna make movies if you can't have guns? No, no, you can have guns. They just don't need to fire. It's completely useless in order to make a realistic movie maybe you need some recoil maybe you need to come up on how to do that without actually firing any type of any type of projectile or any type of gas or any type of explosive component but there's no reason for you to be able to to not do this in post and because you can't tell because we're doing it anyway do
0: things with like airsoft guns that look at least they're there's not other lethal. ways that's what i mean there's other ways
1: of doing this stuff where you don't actually where you, there's a potential for you not to harm anybody yeah. like Hollywood's but we've seen smart it in japan right there yeah
0: their hobby of rifles and their guns are illegal there but you go into yeah. the store and you're like holy crap look at all these legit real guns and they're all airsoft basically yeah. So there's ways of getting around this. I so don't let anyone fool you,
1: especially people who are trying to now have a political agenda. Cause unfortunately, that's what this always turns into. Which is just like, Everything why? Else. Like we can we yeah. not just have a debate where it doesn't turn political. Of we shouldn't we don't need to have guns on sets that can actually fire live projectiles, even if it's only got ten percent of the of the powder in there. It doesn't matter. You don't need it. It's just unnecessary. I, thought,
0: they, I, I yeah. thought the political side goes towards, and I don't know much about it, right? I kind of hear it and I'm like, whatever. Um, it's sad. The whole situation is, Then that's the biggest problem. And it's yeah. like, at this point, it's a murder investigation. Yes, yeah, um, pretty much. And that's, that's, the real, that's the real crux of it all. The rest of it doesn't really, yeah, you can look at protocol, you can look at, but the amount of times it's happened is so small and minuscule that I'm not going to get caught in those weeds. It's just like, oh, but the political part seems to be like, People go like I, I looked it up, and what are they doing? Well, New York Post is talking shit about Alec Baldwin because he's out eating in Manhattan. It's like okay, yeah, cool. That's your political agenda. You want to go after the guy who I don't know made fun of Trump, I guess. But the it it's an interesting thing. But you're innocent until you're proven guilty, right? That's kind of how it works in this country. So yeah, at this point, he's a suspect. So are most people on the set? And it sounds like they're cooperating, and we'll see what happens. I'm not going to speculate on. What the motives were, what happened at the end of the day, it probably was just a bunch of people being morons with the whole process. Well, I think it's people
1: just being real flippant, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just people just being like, "Well, this will never happen." I've done this, and they talk to the armorer, right? And it's a fairly young girl who is responsible for all the guns, you know, all the making sure that they're that they're accounted for and making sure that all the things to do this part of the movie is is there and you know like where do you place blame is it on does the blame ultimately rely or Does does ultimately land on the director who was also injured in this right like because that that's his set it's his movie he's the one driving and directing the the, the process so wh- where does the blame fall and again this is the way we always do stuff in the states of who, who do i blame who's the person i can point to and say you're the yeah. one who's at fault put you away and the thing is it's like unfortunately this is it's probably 10 15 20 people who are collectively to blame for this happening. And it's like, that's, it's, it's a shame because like, it's just where it's, it's where we are. And I think, will people be charged for something? I don't know. Like it'd be again, like Alec Baldwin, I don't think it's going to get charged because he's probably, again, he didn't know if the gun feels like a regular gun to him and he's been shooting all day and he does what's been directed of him. I don't think
0: you can actually, I don't, I don't think you can charge him with anything. I don't. Well, it's um, like the uh, the hitman method of assassination from the game Hitman, right? Where you replace the prop gun with the yeah. with the real gun, and then all of a sudden. But who knows? We'll see what happens. It's sad for the for the woman. She was like, you know, innocent and it's a uh, tragic 100%. accident at yeah. this point. Yeah, and it is—it's a
1: tragic accident. Just of you're see, just behind the uh, camera. See where it goes. Yeah, you're just behind the camera, and you know, you, next thing you know, you lose your life. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it is. It's it's very it's very sad. And but I I just hope that this means we're gonna try to make movies a little smarter because we can. Yeah.
0: Well. On the well, you you mentioned Bond. We'll talk about yes. that in a couple minutes. I just wanted to give a we'll just talk about because we'll we'll go into some spoilers on Bond. I gave you my impressions, and honestly, I still stand by them because I saw okay. yep. I've seen it a second time. Oh, have you? Okay. Saw like well, I saw eighty five percent of it. No, I saw like 95% of it. I had to leave to skate. So I did. Um, But yeah, anyway, but I'll a little quick hit on some games I've been playing um, ending with Metroid because you're also playing that as well. Um, Still, I'm close to the end of Lost Judgment, which is the latest in like the Yakuza series and sequel to two years ago, Judgment. That game is awesome. It's great. If you want a good if you want a good detective yarn with the. Ample amounts of Japanese melodrama, you'll find it there. It's a great game, a lot of fun. Also, as always, every time I play one of these games, I'm just like, man, Miss Japan. So, and then I've also been replaying Yoku's Island Express on Switch, which is the amazing indie game, which is a Metroidvania game crossed with pinball. You play as a little dung beetle and you're delivering the mail to this island. It looks amazing on the OLED Switch. So I've been having a great time with that.
1: Oh yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Is,
0: is that is that a
1: recommended upgrade to the OLED switch? Is it recommended if you, if you already have a switch? Like, give us give give us some feedback on this purchase that you've made.
0: I love it, but I also okay. play portably like ninety percent of the time. Performance wise, doesn't make a damn difference. But as a, uh, but just as the experience making all the colors pop, it really. It really is noticeable from title to title. I haven't looked at anything side by side, but when I'm playing something like Yoku's Island Express, which is all this awesome color palettes, and it, it just has a pop. I mean, I always thought this game is super charming and lovely before I got this thing, but now it's, it's even more so pronounced how nice it is. So is it necessary? No, far from it. Um, I don't think you need it. But if you want the upgrade, if you... Have the disposable income. Like there was actually a really good trade in deal in games at GameStop here. So I think total the it ended up being like less than a hundred dollars to upgrade, which is awesome. Okay, so I was cool. like, at that point it's it's worth it. But if I don't know what the thing costs out there in New Zealand, but it's uh but I'm enjoying it. I enjoy it a lot. But I was enjoying my Switch before. So Yeah. If if I didn't I'd still be enjoying it a lot. Cool. performance wise like i said no difference just the only thing you could expect is that colors are going to look better no change to loading no change to anything else um it also I, i guess it also does have a little bit more of a premium feel to it um more like to do with various sorts of coatings and matte finishes and the kickstands better but um you know for the most part if you still love your switch then not a not a mandatory us update by any stretch of the imagination. Gotcha. Okay, cool. But I'd cool. say if anybody's in the market to get a new Switch, and you're not going to get the the Switch Lite, then get the OLED. Pay the extra fifty bucks. It's definitely worth the extra fifty bucks. Okay, that's that's good to know. Okay, cool. Yep. Cool. So I guess before we get off video games,
1: I I am playing Metroid Dread. I've just started it. My question to you was going to be: Did you play this with an actual controller? or Did you play it handheld? Handheld. I played a okay, little bit of it on a controller. Yeah, I found I finding hand-held. handhelds with the bumpers a little not as pleasant as I think with the pro controller yeah. I might I might because there's a lot of bumper work
0: in this game. The the controls in this game are so are so unnecessarily complicated and okay, obtuse yeah. to a level that I did not understand because for me, I'm with you. Like I'm sure you're in the same boat where when it comes to trigger actions, I always prefer to use the triggers the most and the bumpers like secondary. Yes. Because oh, it's just percent. way more comfortable to use yes. those in rapid succession. So if I pl- I'm playing a game and they're mapping a command that I'm always going to use on the shoulder buttons, I'll immediately see if I could switch them to the triggers. And I've done that many times this game has zero remap ability to the controls and there is a reason but it sucks because as you go further into the game the way they make you use all the powers like you will at times forget how to do certain things in the game okay so that's that's good to know i was getting that feeling yeah my biggest tip to play in this game is don't take a break like, don't stop playing this game to play something else.
1: Okay. So when you and start, play it try through. and finish it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yes. Because even if you take like two days off from playing it, you will be like, wait, how do I do this thing? Because as you do more things, they put, they assign multiple powers. It's not like there's something like a weapon wheel. It's like you always have access to everything. So... It's like, okay, well, then hold the shoulder button and press this thing and then hold and either any of these things. That's like a modifier button. And then there's this modifier button. And then it's like it's just very odd the way they do it. It's not like it it was never bad. Right. I guess that's that's the key thing here. But it was. But all the time I was thinking there has to be a better way to do this. Yeah,
1: because look, the game so far, the way the game looks, the action of the game, it's awesome. It's a yeah, lot of fun, excellent. really. Well but the controls were the one thing I wanted to ask about because I was thinking, is this just me being an old man and needing an actual physical controller on a TV screen, or am I missing something? So it's good to know that it's no. not just me being old, and that the controllers can be the controls are a little they're a little obtuse. There's there's a lot of work that I'm just like, I really got to do all of this stuff to be able to do that one thing? And it's like, yeah. Ugh.
0: Okay. The biggest cool. complaints of the game seem to be the you know there's some control it's again, it's not issues. It's just like their lack of being, you know, embracing modern tropes we will say. Yeah. And the other thing is the pathfinding can sometimes also be obtuse, Uh, which is like, it's like going in, shooting every wall and ceiling and hoping you find the thing that you're supposed to do. There was only one instance of that where I was like, this is annoying. And then once I did that, I was like, okay, fine. Uh, But actually the, that solution to that was given away to me on Twitter before I even realized the guys like, how am i supposed to know what to do how am i supposed to know what to do in this specific room like this is ridiculous and yeah. i was like oh okay clearly i know what to do here because you're telling me there's a solution here and i just need to figure out room, which yeah. i did and then afterwards it was uh it was all fine but yeah it's if, like if you're not used to a metroid game where they're not going to say this is the location of the map you have to go to like they do right, in 99 yeah. of other games today other games, yeah then you just have to get used to it. But I will say they do a really good job of funneling you without saying it, at least for me, because there was a point in the game where I thought, I go through this part of the level and everything, this is not really a spoiler, but I go through part of the level and everything's frozen, right? But I don't have the capability to really stay in a frozen area. And they're like, Yeah, you, and then they said, Well, you could go back to the frozen thing now because it's all melted. And I'm like, Okay, well, I'll map, I'll pin the map there to come back. But first, I'm going to go through this door. And then I went to the door and that was like moving me on the main path. So I never even had to go back to that area because it did a pretty good job of being like, no, you could actually keep going forward here. But if you did go back, then you would probably struggle to remember that you had to go in the other direction. So there's a little weirdness there. But at the same time, I do commend the game because without telling you how to move forward, you were always progressing. Even at times where you're just like, I feel lost, and it's like, no, actually, you're not lost. And the mobility is so cool, and the and the way that they did the level design is so good that you're never too far away from anything in the game. It's really well done. It's a really well done game.
1: Yeah, and again, the design and stuff looks awesome.
0: So yeah, I'll I'll have
1: an update because this is the game I'm going to try and play through in the next couple. It's not weeks. long,
0: the whole thing yeah, okay, finished in way less than ten hours. It took me about uh, like seven and a half hours, I think, like less than eight hours. It's not very long, which okay. is perfect. I like that. That's okay, a positive, cool. not a negative to me.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a positive. I mean, it's a $60 game, but whatever. Like, if it's short and I get out and I have a good time, I don't really care what I pay for it. It's yeah. fine.
0: Production balance again. good. Yeah. Cool. Well, enjoy it. Yeah, cool. All right. All right.
1: So Sorry about Bond. We're going to spoil Bond. So if you haven't seen it, and again, we've given it a couple of months now, right? This movie came out or a month ago. No, it's about a month now. One month. Okay. So it's been out for a month. Go so see So we are going to spoil this. So, yeah, my general recommendation before you turn this off is, yeah, go see it. I enjoyed it. Um, there's a few things I didn't enjoy, but for the most part, I this to me is sort of, it's a nice, it's a nice way to wrap up his tenure as Bond. Let's just put it that way. It's a nice way. It's not perfect. It's not the greatest Bond movie ever made. There's some really awesome set pieces here, though, like some really awesome, like the whole thing yeah. in Cuba was great. I love every minute of that whole chase and the banter. It, that to me felt more Bond than anything else that he's kind of done that yeah. to me felt like that's the ex there's a bit of jokes there's a bit of drinks there's you know beautiful looking people and um and that to me I was like if you, if you would do more of that I'll watch a whole movie of just that because that to me is what is what is when you think of all of the bonds that's what they do well is it's action it's women it's it's nice looking clothes it's it's all of that atmosphere sort of the the international man of mystery atmosphere that I think is awesome Um, so yeah so that's my that's my general review to it I say go see it I'd give it a three and a half out of five
0: do you agree with my assertion that this is the second best Craig movie like as a film but the best Bond movie oh that's interesting
1: that's interesting well what's what do you think is his best Craig's best movie Casino Royale it's not even close like that's actually a
0: good movie
1: yeah, so if that's the case, I would say Knives Out would be second for me.
0: I'm talking about Bond movies. He's in no. You said you said you said Craig movie. I I, I, I thought Craig you were talking about his Bond films movies. in sorry, general. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. no I meant the because yeah, I'd agree with that as well. Knives Out. It's, yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. Knives no, no, but Out I like I thought, better than Casino yeah. Royale. Yeah, it's again. I, 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 I don't, I don't know if I'd like say perfect.
1: that. I like Knives Out. Casino Royale is a great
0: movie, but that's that, that's yeah. what I thought you were saying it was like, well, let's at all the movies. I was just talking about the the Bond movies.
1: Yeah, okay. So of the five
0: Bond movies he's in casino royale is the best movie this is the best bond movie this is the best uh yes
1: this is the most yeah this is he actually became james bond in this movie which is interesting because he was the one guy that everyone was like well he doesn't make a good bond and they and they kept hinting at it during the movies which is one of the things i want to talk about because to me this this kind of wrapped up his whole time as bond because there's a theme in all of his movies about he's not a good bond like in the yeah. actual movies, they sort of talk about like he's he's a kind of a brute. He's you know they've said that in some of the other movies of like he kills people. <laughs> like the old bombs didn't really do. Like it wasn't the way that this guy is. Just he's he's really. Are you brutal. kidding?
0: Wait wait wait. We need to no.
1: But this is this is the theme. No bit. no. I'm going to say though this is the theme in the movies. Whether or not you agree with it, it's part of the it's part of the actual films where there's always this constant thing of like well this guy is unorthodox. He's he's not very careful. He's he's kind of you know, he goes into these situations without thinking that is a theme in all of his movies of this guy's a loose cannon. And we don't know whether or not you're fit to be a 007. That's always been a theme in his movies. Yeah. And this film, to me, kind of again, this is and we might just go and spoil this. So go see it if you haven't Uh, seen it. Because now we're going to spoil this. We both say see it. The reason why I think this is his this is his best Bond movie Is because they lean into the fact of, well, you need to do what you have to do. We're bringing you back because this is a real threat. And whatever you need to do to get the job done, get it done. And so this is why the set pieces that he has are so brutal that I, again, like this is, it sort of allows him to be Bond the way that he wants to be Bond as far as the as far as this character i'm not talking about daniel craig himself i'm just talking about the character itself where it's like he's kind of just in it he's perfectly in his element where the other movies it's very clear that he's super he's not comfortable being bond he doesn't really want to do it he's doing it because it's kind of what he's good at but you know he's got all these other things going around he's the emotional bond he's the bond that doesn't you know he's not as well put together as the other bonds are where i agree with you in this movie Oh, like it's a hundred percent. He's a hundred percent comfortable doing this, even though he's kind of quit.
0: And he comes back and I'm
1: just going to do it my way.
0: So I need to clarify. That's not what I meant when I say like, I'm a big bond fan, right? Like I love all the Bond movies. So what I mean by this is the best bond movie is because this has everything I want in a bond movie. When I think of a bond like formula, so to speak. They started to do an inspector with some gadgets and whatnot, but it they just it just wasn't a great movie. It was fine. I still really enjoy it for what it is, but it's not great. I could I could acknowledge that. Here, the movie's awesome. The set pieces are great, but he's got gadgets. The moment I knew I was gonna love this movie was when you first see that Cyclops guy at the beginning and he takes off those sunglasses and you see his like wide eye. And I was like, Holy shit. They got a goofy ass henchman. I am in, I am fucking in. This is going to be awesome. And it was, cause I knew that guy was going to come back. And then like at the end of it, you're actually going to a secret lair are you kidding me? Like this, it was all awesome. like, this is the movie. And then they give him a, like that watch with the electromagnet thing. And then that came in just at the right period to, to kill the Cyclops guy. I'm like, this had every trope I wanted. It had all the sidekicks in there. So you get, you know, like you said, the moment, the scene in Cuba was excellent. You know, you got it's, a little it's, bit of, it's, it's you got the a best. little bit of Felix lighter action in there. I, that was like my best. biggest sad moment. That, yeah. That set piece. Is the
1: best set piece out of all of his films. And he, he's got and quite frankly, his Bond movies, I, because 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 it's modern, right? Because yeah, but these they, are the they, modern Bonds. There's awesome visual effects. There's, you know, the, the scenes that he has with the bikes and the, the parkour scene, right? Like some people say that's some that's some of the best, that's some of the just the best action filming ever is that parkour
0: scene. At the beginning of Casino Royale. Yeah. It's yeah,
1: good. yeah. It's great. And or the thing with the train and one of the again. His movies kind of run together Skyfall. for me. Other than other yeah. than Quantum of Solace to me, Skyfall is probably just my favorite because it's just it sort of turned this thing around. Because like Quantum of Solace was a disaster. We've talked about this how much I hate that movie. Again, yeah, not as bad as and, you say. And Skyfall kind of kind of fixed it's it. It's for fun. Me. It's, it's a fun. fun. movie. It's really fun. Yeah. But this mm-hmm. this movie from like again you're, you're right. This this is the best. He became Bond in this movie. Which is fitting now that he's
0: done. You talk about the Cuba scene being like the best. It's awesome, but that's actually not even my favorite. That's not, that's like my third favorite sequence in the movie because the first, my first favorite is in the, is that scene in the woods because it was so unlike anything we've seen in a bond. Oh yeah. Movie Again, like, and I thought it was great. And then, yeah. And then that staircase scene at the end, which I was pissed. I had to leave early. Cause I missed it. Cause I was like, this is so cool. And so well shot. I just had like the shit grin on my face the entire time. And then when I had to leave right before it to, to skate, I was like, damn it, I'm gonna miss that scene because it's so Again, cool. F- for me, though,
1: the reason why I love the Cuba scene because it felt like a Bond movie. The other ones just yeah. feel like action movies, right? Like the other two, I could have totally seen in any of the Mission Impossible movies, right? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Like, and, and that's, that's how I always compare modern Bond to what they're doing in Mission Impossible because they're very similar, right? They're modern day international spies. You know, I know Mission Impossible has the whole face changing thing. But otherwise, it's very similar in modern action filmmaking. But this, like that whole Cuba scene is that's clap. You could have put that in a movie 40 years ago. Yeah, it's great. And it would have it's fit good. perfectly into being that's that's James Bond. I'm watching James Bond. The beautiful girl. I put on the tux. I order a drink. I walk around. I'm doing surveillance. This big set piece happens. She's awesome. She's firing guns and kicking people. Yeah, Bond is kicking oh, people. So good. They 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 take a break in the middle to have a drink. Like it's all of that. And and again, and the, you're doing this whole time while you're wearing a tux in a in a in a in a dinner gown. It's
0: Looking like great that to me. Yes, everybody's like looking to good.
1: Me is that's Bond?
0: Oh, and the other classic thing, the Russian scientist guy. Come on, that's like yeah, that's yeah. like throwback to uh, to Pierce Brosnan era. Like it. It's so Again, good. It's you're it's a great bond movie. Now I'm going to tell
1: you why why I rate this movie lower. The whole trope of him having a kid <laughs> bothered me so much because it was so unnecessary. Yeah. Huh. We know it's the last movie. And to like to sort of get and again I get it. He's the emotional bond. He's the bond that makes decisions, not like the other bonds who are more. You know, I'm I'm forever I'm forever an international player because I'm James Bond. This Bond has always done stuff differently, right? So I get it. I get the point of it, but it's just so heavy handed. Like, oh, I'm gonna let the kid run along now. With oh, and that that's the other thing we got to talk. We got to talk about Rami Malik. But the whole set, all the stuff with the kid, I I just didn't, it just felt really heavy-handed to me. And it's like, I didn't need that amount of emotion. But at the same time, and talking to Alice, who saw this with me, that wasn't for me. That stuff was for the other people who kind of get dragged along to some of these Bond movies to make it a full, complete movie. But I personally just didn't need that. Like, all the Bond stuff was enough for me. I could have walked away without him sacrificing himself basically to save his children and his family. I didn't need that. He could have just walked off. He could have done a Paul Walker and just, you know, disappeared and never came back to the franchise. I would have been fine. But the fact that they had to just give that extra amount of twist, I personally thought was just unnecessary.
0: And I just didn't need it. It fair enough. Before we get off this thing, though, I'll just say that it's also for the, have you seen on her Majesty's secret service?
1: Uh, if I have, it's been a long time. That's the George Lazenby one. Yeah, yeah
0: they they're probably, the allergy no, that's probably clinic. one of those I and haven't. He also seen yeah. and he gets married, and then he and then his wife gets killed at the end of that movie. There was a lot of homages to that movie, and they kind of did a reversal of it. So at the beginning, I believe they're in the car from that movie. And at the end in the credits, they're playing the song from that movie all the time in the world. So when he says we have all the time in the world, that's what he says to his wife at the end of honor Majesty's secret service. Um, it, and I believe it's like right after or right before she dies, but that's kind of a means of, it was a means of like raising the stakes at the end there. So it's like, Oh my God, like kind of, cause if you've seen the classic movie, you're like, yeah, one of these two is probably going to, Die <laughs> and and um, yeah, I think it it softens the blow of him dying. If you're gonna kill him at the end, it softens that blow knowing that you know she's gonna she's not just going on her own. It's like no, she's actually looking after his kid and like the legacy moves on. And you do, it just creates more emotional stakes and there and there's more parallels to the to that movie as well that makes it more necessary if you're going to kind of do this reversal of that classic movie, like they knew what they were doing. And that to me was not just for the, you know, for the, for the women in the crowd or something like that, but more so for, for the fans of Otter majesty secret service who kind of had expectations of where this was going to go and playing it properly for the reversal. So I actually thought it worked quite well in that regard.
1: Yeah, sure. Again, I, I just, I just felt like extra fluff to me.
0: I don't but know why the kids need. spoke French, though. Like, where were they? Where was that house? Was that, that in house France? was in Norway? Okay. They why is that kid speaking French? <laughs> <laughs> well, because she's French, right? The mom. Yeah, is but French. she's living. She her job was in England. Yeah, but why but, but, is she but teaching this f- f- kid? Why is she only well, speaking
1: French to this kid? Well, if you're French, and it doesn't matter where you live.
0: You're going to teach your kid your native language she'll teach him english so when you wake sure, up but the this, kid the this, kid knew this, english this, as well when you though. wake up this british stranger in your house saying you're hungry you say that in english right I, the I guy don't... never said anything in french no but she understood english right because Rammy malik talks to her in english and she understands that's true i guess did she she all he said something to her weird and then she would say i want where's my mom so yeah. I don't. She might not have understood yeah, it was, everything. It, it was said. just
1: all of that stuff. I just didn't <laughs> like, like, like the whole there's danger because there's a kid. If I I just didn't like it. Just it just felt heavy-handed. That that's the only point. Like it just fair enough. It was heavy-handed. Now the other thing I didn't like was Rami Malik. Now again, I know people like he's he's a villain because he's just weird, and he yeah. keeps getting cast in these weird roles. But I really struggle to to like him as an actor. Sure. And I don't know what it is. I don't think he's actually a very good actor. And mm. I'm happy that he's actually in these roles, and he's able to do a lot of this stuff. And again, he's very successful, so albeit to me to to judge just for me personally, he always plays the same characters, whether he's playing the Dude in Mr. Robot or he's playing opposite of Denzel in that in the in the police the movie little things I've watched yep. yeah yeah, it, it's just it's just he's kind of always the same and so great. so we so we you know we we tear up his skin a bit and we just let him speak kind of with this weird accent. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's a villain. Like I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just, I kind of thought that that could have been. He's no Christoph Waltz, <laughs> right? Like who, th- wasn't, they who also wasn't great as who wasn't great either. But they yeah. basically tried to make him a Hannibal Lecter for yeah, it's, five
0: minutes. Here's here's my thing with it. The villain. This was also like kind of a classic Bond move, and not in a good way, especially for you know a modern for modern sensibilities. Like there's often times in classic bond movies where you get the whole plan at the end, but you usually understand what the plan is, even though you've only been introduced to it within the last 15 minutes of the movie, like that whole thing. But this one's weird because I still don't really know what his plan was, but I didn't really care because he had a secret lair and, um, and that opening cold open was so badass, even though you never even saw him. I just thought that was a really cool way to start a movie. <laughs> and yeah. um, yeah, I thought the way they killed him was crazy, like how vicious it was, but made sense because he kind of sucked. But I just don't I just don't understand what he wanted to do or why. Like he I guess he was just trying to sell this drug to everybody at the end of well, the no, day. It was like he was weird, trying to sell though, it to because uh, the highest bidder. It- yeah. And that's why for me, the villain,
1: like you said, was the crazy Russian scientist made a better villain than any of them, even though he was kind of like, well, I, it was hard. You were trying to figure out, is he good? Or is he bad? Is he trying to help him? Is he not trying to help him? It was all of that back and forth with the Russian scientist. But he by far was a way better villain than any of the actual three villains in the movie. I mean, again, like you said, the henchman guy was fun because he's just kind of a he's just kind of a silent guy with a quirky with a quirky gadget. Yeah, exactly. Um, so which is stupid, great, but again, I would amazing. have just—I could have just been fine with the Russian scientists personally being the major mastermind. I didn't need Rami Malek to be this. Matt. It was weird, and I know that they put him in there because he's got a connection with the with the woman in the in the movie in the beginning, of sort of raising her in a way and kind of making her what she is. But that's. But again, like that's like I did, just didn't need that. That stuff felt very convoluted and confusing at times. And I was just there. I was just having fun watching Daniel Craig beat James Bond. Yeah. And this exactly. is the first movie where I actually think if he would have started like this, or, now again, it took some time because you were sort of telling the story of a guy who's not really supposed to be Bond, but is. And I think, yeah, for me, I, I'm with you. This is the best Bond movie. This is for him, this is his best pre- performance as Bond by far. Yeah, he's really good. But as us. a movie? Ah, and quite frankly, it's a little too long. It's long. Mm. This movie's two hours and 40 minutes? Loved it. All of it. The long great. movie.
0: Great movie. Very long. It's perfect. Um, Don't so, change a damn thing. I need the director's the thing- cut. I bet I bet in the director's cut where they had another hour, like give me the Peter Jackson version, mm-hmm. and I bet they explained what what the point of Rami Malek is. But even without it, didn't really need it. It's like, cool, evil guy, got a lair. Great. Perfect. That's all I need. Now what we haven't talked about was the new 007. Oh yeah, which is great.
1: What do you think is gonna happen? Because yeah, I thought she was great. I thought she played the role great. I thought she fit in nicely. Does she fit as the next? Again, like what are we doing with James Bond? Do you think Nothing. we're gonna just make a James Bond dead, and we're just gonna
0: make no, 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 the no, no, no seven no. movies? No, no. Well, first are just of gonna all, get another?
1: Are we gonna get another guy and just make another guy James
0: Bond? You're gonna get another guy because at the end of the movie, it's funny because when I went in. If if you haven't watched the movie yet and you're still listening to this well, one, you should see it. But two, like, I think we said it at the already where they killed James Bond. But at the end of the credits, it says James Bond will return because they sure. end all the movies like that. Like so that, yes. the woman at the concession stand the second time I went, she's like, I said, yeah, I already saw it. So whatever. And she's like, you know, he's coming back, right? I was like, no, he's he's not. And she's like, no, but it says at the end, I said, yeah, I know what it said. And I couldn't speak too much about it because I was next to Greg and didn't want to spoil anything. But. They're going to cast a new James Bond and they'll carry on. I don't think is there a chance? I don't think they're going to do anything with this woman to give her her own movie or anything like that. I think she's, she was just a cool foil for James Bond. We've seen those kind of roles before and they didn't really stick around. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just is. So you, they might do something similar with her that they did for, um, like as a sidekick like they might carry over things to the universe like how they brought judy dench from the brosnans to the craigs or how the guy who played q they carried him over because i'd like to see that q stick around i'd like to see i'd like to see that cast of mi6 stick around because i really like ray fines i like the guy who plays q um and i oh man what's her name the one who plays money penny she's awesome too like give me give me that whole Give me that whole gallery, gallery of people again. And just put a new put a new Bond in there. Like you just hit the reset button, like back in the day. And for modern audiences, they might be confused because we're obsessed with continuity and universe building. Yeah. But as a Bond fan, it's like I don't give a shit. Like just give me another Bond movie and give me some wacky ass shit. Well, I guess That's the problem I'm that for. I have that. though
1: is that there's a couple of characters I would love to see a like like you know, like you you don't need the continuity for a lot of this stuff. So you're gonna have to completely reboot the franchise. But like mm-hmm. Anna de Armas, the Cuban woman, and yeah. the the woman who played um who played 007. Yeah. Like I would like, I like I think seeing those types of characters in these like I, I think just writing off Lashana Lynch as just a one off movie. Now understand she's gonna be in all this Captain Marvel stuff because she was in Captain Marvel. So she her career is going to continue to rise because she's going to be in more Marvel stuff. So I'm not worried about her career wise. She'll be just fine. Yeah. But I do wonder, like, who who is that then? Who do you think the next James Bond is going to be? Like, not necessarily the name, but do you think that they're going to just try to find uh, another up and coming male star in his forties? Or do you think they're going to try and do something different?
0: No, I think they'll find a guy in his thirties. It'll be a lesser known guy, be kind of like a um a B, like a not a B actor, but someone who's kind of on the rise. Because that's what Similar Daniel Craig, Craig was. was. He was yeah, in a exactly. couple of movies. No one really knew but who like, he was. Yeah. But I think I don't think it, it would be out of the ordinary if you had a um if you had a black guy become uh James Bond for a while. Yeah. There's a guy, who's the guy? What did, cause my, it's funny because I was talking on speakerphone, I was talking about the The Bond movies, and uh, my grandmother was sad because my mom's like, "Oh, they said the guy from Bridgerton is going to be this guy, uh, Reggie, Reggie Jean, Reggie Jean Page, yeah, Reggie Jean 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 Page." Page. And and my grandma was in the car as well, and she was like, "Oh, oh, if they hire him, oh, I'll see the movie, I'll see the movie, I'll see him in anything." Like she was losing her mind when it's funny. As soon as you
1: said that, I I popped up this Esquire page that has who they think will be the next Bond. He's number one.
0: Yeah. So like I see this dude and I'm like, yeah, I could totally see this guy as James Bond. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Hell he's a great yeah. looking guy. That's yeah. And he looks great in a too. suit. That's all you need yeah. to do. I mean, honestly, and that, that's
1: what I told Alice. I said, look, the best thing about Daniel Craig is he looks, he looks great in a suit. Looks that whole movie. In a I'm suit. like, yeah, bro, he looks he's built for wearing a tux, a suit. He's just put together well. He's not a very big guy. But he's put together well enough that when he puts on a suit, you're just like, all right, that's the suit that you'd want to
0: buy. And you hope you look that good. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um yeah, I, I could see him doing it. There's a few other people, like people mentioned, Tom Hiddleston. I, I just think you need to have a, yeah. preferably a British I'll, dude. I'll, I'll
1: give you the, I'll give you the list real quick of who yeah. Esquire thinks. So, Jean Pe- or Reggie Jean Page is number one. Idris Elba's number two, even though he said that he doesn't want to do it. He can't. He's too old, dude.
0: If you he's, went Idris Alba, I'd love to see it, but you'd have to do it like the more stuff. You'd have to get super yes. wacky. Yeah, and it,
1: quite honestly, for me, you do it for maybe a, a, a movie or two, and then you move on. Yeah. Um, Now, the next one is interesting because I actually don't agree with this. Tom Hardy. I think Tom Hardy's too big of a star.
0: Yeah, he's never really had any sort of breakout. He's also kind of old. He's not old, but he's 44. So I'm not thinking, and I'm thinking you want to do a series. You don't just want to have, you know, you don't want to do like um, Dalton where you have two and then you're moving on. But yeah, to me,
1: Tom Hardy's too too big of a star, though. Like, even if he's, like, he's, he's, I mean, Bane.
0: He's man, done a lot of these TV of shows,
1: these one-off these one-off TV shows, even Venom, even though you said that Carnage movie is terrible and I haven't seen it, but like even even that, right? like he's 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 already headlining movies himself in a way that Daniel Craig struggled to with like Cowboys and Aliens and some of those other things that he was doing. Yep. So yeah, Tom Hardy to me is no, he's just too big of a star gonna, and he'll No, yeah, they wouldn't he, do it. Yeah. Richard Madden is an interesting choice. He'd be good. Because he's the dude from Game of Thrones who's now going to be in the Eternals movie let's see 35 oh yeah i could totally see this guy pulling this it off. dude could totally be bond right like he's a good choice um he's he's a big enough star that you know you'd get people from game of thrones you'd get people from now when the eternal stuff comes out right like there's enough and he's always been part of an ensemble cast so he's not a big enough name that you look at him and go oh yeah that guy's been in a bunch of movies before you know like okay he's been he's been kind of second third third made fiddle out, in some made of out with things. elton john in the in rocket man yeah, so for me, I, I think Richard Madden's a good one. He's a good choice. Yeah, solid. Yeah. Um, and then Lashana Lynch is on there just because it's, you know, she's already in the movie. Um I, I just don't think they're ready to make no, a, 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 a female it. bond. Like you also, can make a 007, really make and sense. I think that yeah. was the interesting thing of like the 007 thing is just a number, but the name James Bond is something different, which I, I like that distinction personally. Like yeah, it means agreed. there's a difference between James Bond and and the agent numbers, which was cool.
0: Great.
1: Next on this list is Cillian Murphy, which I think is a terrible choice.
0: It's a terrible yeah. choice. for Bond Why would you put he's this here? also on? 45. It could be interesting cuz it could be different, I suppose. But he he to would me, be a better villain. Make him a villain. Yeah, make him
1: a villain. Exactly. He makes a perfect bon, Bond villain more a, than he Bond He looks himself. like a Bond villain. Like
0: make him a yeah. Bond villain.
1: He's, yeah, he's got a real angular face. He just he just looks much better as a Bond villain. Mm-hmm. Um and the funny thing is uh the dude who the dude from Kingsman I think would have been a good choice but the kingsman franchise it was kind of a it's kind of a james bond in its own right so just you got to leave him be now um because that first kingsman movie is still great Oh yeah, uh, awesome. second one not so great <laughs> but the first one is awesome tar- and it's great Taron that, Egerton. yeah that taran egerton has his own kind of thing where they kind of took the whole james bond theme and made it you know ramped up and more modern and, and real joke yeah
0: but he at this point, though, he's, you know, he's turning 30. He's 31. I think he can, um, he would, he's about that age where you're looking, I think he could do it. And I think you're far enough removed. You know, it's similar to how you went from, what was it? Um, God, Remington for, um, for Brosnan, he went from Remington Steel to Bond. Like there's, um, there's precedent for it. And then similar to uh, Roger Moore, who went from the Saint to being Bond. So it's not, so unusual to make that leap where it's like you've been in something bond adjacent and now you're bond and it it would be cool to see someone who's not a he's a little shorter too which is cool because i think one of the things i was so good about um about daniel craig is that it was so different it's like give me a different theme to this guy's series so it's not just more the same and then how do you get those themes into the bond stuff like it took five movies to get the bond formula that I really wanted into, into the series around the Craig character. And it still yeah. felt unique because Craig himself had a different presence than the others, but he fit within it the same way that Roger Moore is radically different feeling than, than um, Sean Connery, which was radically different than Dalton, which, which is not so radically different from Pierce Brosnan, but Pierce Brosnan, everything was just a lot more neat, than anything else that was probably his biggest thing is like how squeaky clean everything felt in those uh in those so, movies but so that's why i think yeah. taron egerton you go a little younger you're a little smaller and you see well here's a different take on it i think it could work
1: now speaking of which now i think this guy is maybe 10 years removed from this maybe not even 10 years maybe six seven years mm-hmm. and i know everyone's sick of him because he's literally in everything
0: tom hiddleston no tom holland no, Mm-mm. you don't, don't think Tom,
1: Tom? He's only twenty-five.
0: I know. I'm just I'm I'm, t- I'm burnt
1: out on him. Burnt out on him. again for now, mm-hmm. right? You get one more Spider-Man movie. You get him playing Nathan Drake, which I think that movie's going to bomb. By the way,
0: it, yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be roughing. It's going to be, be, be terrible.
1: Brutal. Give yeah. him give him a bit more maturity. Let him let him go away for a while. Let him do some some things and kind of you know everyone burns out on him. Let there be another Bond for now. But it, come back later, to him like when he's thirty-five. Yeah, come back years, to him. Half, sure. Come back
0: to him in ten years. Yep. And I think he'd make a great Bond. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, he needs to go away for a little while, and then
1: uh, which again, I, I think I think we're headed there because you got one. This is the last of the Spider-Man movies rumored, and I think mm-hmm. after people see this, they are gonna be like, all right, we get it. We we've told the story of this Spider-Man. Give us another one.
0: No, it's the last. It's the last of the home series because you had Homecoming, Far From Home, and then No Way Home. So there's going to be more Spider-Man.
1: I, I personally think this is going to be the last of him. I I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't just walk because Spider-Man always, out of all of the characters, that's the one that we've already had three of them, two of them, yeah, right. This is the third so one. So just man. he can and easily. The other just go, two are going to be
0: in this movie apparently.
1: Yeah, yeah and it's like, I'm good. I don't need to do Spider-Man. I've done it. I've done three movies. I've kidding? been in all the Infinity. He loves Infinity doing it. War. He loves the way doing he talks it, about now, it. Yeah, now. When he's twenty five, I, I again, I, and I think the Uncharted movie is going to go so poorly that I, I think there's just going to be some real soul searching of what he, again. He's young; he's twenty five. What does he want to do when he's thirty five? Does he want to step away from this at all and be directed movies, or if someone gave him a chance and said, "Look, in ten years we're going to make you Bond"? Mm-hmm. Do you think that interests him at all? I don't know; it might not. He might not. Care. Sure, probably. But I think he'd make a great bond because he actually gets to be British. Because <laughs> in everything else, he's got this awful, whatever this New York accent is that he's created, um, it's just
0: it's just how he talks now, and it's like no, the dude's super British. Yeah, yeah. This so, yeah. this movie, so, by the way, Uncharted, has gone through like three. Directors, it's gonna be
1: bad. It's gonna be so bad. Wild. I watched the trailer and I was like, oh god, this movie's gonna suck. <laughs> it's gonna be, yeah, like even even Mark Wahlberg is Sully is a terrible choice.
0: Yeah, Mark it's an Wahlberg odd choice. Is just gonna be Mark Wahlberg. Well, he it just, was originally just, gonna be yeah. David O. Russell who's directing this movie and he always works with Mark Wahlberg, but don't worry because now you have Ruben Fleischer, the director of Venom, so everything's gonna be fine.
1: Oh God, this movie's going to be so bad. It's going to
0: be so bad. (laughs) So, so yeah, I hope hope you're wrong. Like, I hope we're wrong. I hope it's good. And look, you're right in right now. If you chose him as to be the next bond, I'd be like, why are we doing this? But yeah, Yeah. you're right. In like 10 years, give me an older, more like washed up. Like I need, I need Tom Holland to go through a Robert Downey Jr. phase and then come back (laughs) as bond. Like then I'm in. Well, well, (laughs) whatever the equivalent is for him. Although there, there's always rumors because this dude
1: is, you know, he's he kind of comes from the real performing arts background that yeah. he'll just go on to Broadway. Yeah, go on that Broadway, he'll, he'll disappear just, for do will yeah. just do Broadway, Broadway shows? U. And that's what I, I, for me, that's what I, I see him as just being like, let him take the Hugh Jackman turn, just go sing and dance and do some of that stuff because that stuff I think he really
0: enjoys, and then come back and be Bond. He's apparently part of the reason why the Spider Man deal with Marvel was saved. So he wants to play this character. I don't know where you're getting yeah. the information that he does No, want that's to do what anymore. I
1: mean. He wants to play this character n- now. Yeah, but in 10 years you might be right. Yeah. Who knows? And so I me mean, like it's one of those roles that it's just you can kind of cycle through. It's the story we've retold like 20 times. Yeah. Like do you want to be Spider-Man when you're 35?
0: Yeah, Spider-Man to me oh, is totally no, uh Sorry. it's
1: a it's a high school thing. You know, you kind of go through Tobey Maguire and some of these guys, and then you just find somebody else and let them be Spider-Man after you reboot all of this stuff. And again, to me, he's just going to end up, I think he's going to end up taking more of a role kind of the way Robert Downey Jr. did. He's done making his own movies. He shows up in, in a lot of the other stuff as a as a main character. But for him to sort of need to take that two hours and 15, 30 minutes himself and carry the whole thing I, I just don't see the. There's, it's not necessary. Look at all the other Marvel products that they're starting to produce. He mm-hmm. can move on to bigger and better things.
0: I mean, there's not much bigger and better than Marvel at this point. If you're just talking from like, at this point, box office notoriety. Point. But
1: but but remember now, control, right? Like I believe he's he's a producer on Uncharted. These guys all want to start, they all some of them want to become directors, some of them want to become producers, some of them want to go onto Broadway and take shows and do what they love. Like everyone's a little different, but just kind of expecting Marvel to cut you a paycheck, like it runs out for everybody. The longest, the longest running person in in all of this stuff is gonna be Hemsworth. Yeah. Everyone else is kind of gone. Robert Downey Jr., I'm good. Chris Evans, I'm good. Um, Scarlett Johansson, good. Chadwick Boseman, unfortunately, just as he started, passed away. Like, just some of your old mainstays of some of this stuff are going to start to drift away because Marvel oh, sure, is still yeah. Marvel. And Tom Holland, to me, is one of those people that he eventually he'll feel that. He's only 25 now, so it's fun. But wait till you get to late 20s and see yeah. if you still want to be Spider Man.
0: Guess we'll find out. Guess and, we'll find out. Instead, and who else I is on say, the list? Look,
1: we can give you, you know, you can, you can have a drink, you can put on a tux, you can fire some guns, you can have some, some pretty women next to you, you can be Bond. If I was a young British kid, I'd want to be James Bond.
0: Yeah. Well, he's like, you know, he's their Rocky, right? <laughs> At this point, yeah, he totally is. He is
1: their Rocky. That's funny. Yeah, I try to think of who else would be their Rocky, but no, you're right. It is James Bond. Yeah, yeah, for us it's Rocky. If you say like, "What's the character in film that that sort of explains the American story?" What's the fictional it is Rocky. American hero. Yes, it's Rocky. I, I agree with you on that. I can't think of anybody else. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be Rocky.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for them, it is Bond. I think you're right. For the British people, they all think that James Bond. It's like, oh, well, you're not. But sure, it's just like we're not all Rocky, right? Like we're not all you no, know, we're, we're not all underdogs and. You know, well, when we're knocked down, you get back up again. If they knock you down eight times, you get up nine. Like, we're not doing that. Like, that's not, no, like I'm not who that all guy. of us are, but it's... Nope, not me. Yeah, Mm-mm. but it's good to dream. So, yeah, they've got Bond. We've got
0: Rocky, so... Who would win a fight? James Bond or Rocky? My money's on Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, dude! Yeah. If it was Rocky, I mean, if it was Rocky versus fought, Bro- yeah. if it was Rocky versus Brosnan's Bond, oh, dude, he'd be <laughs> Brosnan would be down in like yes, yes, oh, a punch, maybe two. Yeah. It would not last very long.
1: And look, they have both fought, they both fought, you know, against Russians and, and yeah, perky there various, characters. lot of parallels. Like, they're very a similar. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's very funny. That I I didn't even think of that until you said it. There's a ton of parallels between Rocky and James Bond. <laughs>
0: Anybody else oh. on the list? Who else is on the list of the candidates? Or is that the last no, one? No, that was it. That's
1: the list. I don't have okay. I don't know enough English actors to be able to go. Um I, I'd personally like to see them just get I mean, get a get a black person in there or a minority, even an Indian person, just knowing a bit of the way that the UK is made up racially. Mm, yeah. I think getting an Indian guy to be James Bond would be awesome. I think you could go down a totally different route sort of culturally in the way that you play bond, I totally think you get, I'm trying to think of some, some English Indian stars, but I would just pick some guy. Like if I really wanted to be a little, a little quirky, right. And just a little
0: different. Oh, it was an interesting one. I just searched up uh British Indians and the first Is one Dev that came Patel up British. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. He's the first one. I'd take a Dev Patel bond, right? I told that, Dev Patel. That, awesome. that dude looks good in a suit. He again in the, in the,
1: what was it? The green Knight. He was great. Yeah. Green Knight's awesome. He's a he's a bigger guy, too. Dev Patel's always kind of floated six, on that. He's
0: he's always been he's on 31? the He's 31? Oh, Dev Patel would be great. That's Dev my Patel's choice. Make Dev good. Patel Bond.
1: Make him Bond. That's what I think, right? Like that way you can go down a little bit of a uh, different route. Dev Patel with said it. he
0: isn't interested in playing James Bond. This oh. was uh this was a year ago. Damn. He said he doesn't want it to be a tokenistic hire. Come on, man. It wouldn't be. You just don't.
1: But again, there's a couple of there's a couple of Indian
0: actors that I think you might be able to get. You
1: bring Ben Kingsley, you give him a little role as one of these old Bond, as one of these, or as yeah, like I I just think you can, I think you can wrap enough around it to make it a just an interesting Bond. Like if I was Dev Patel, I would totally go in there and go, all right, I'll do this, but we're gonna do it my way. And you just make an Indian James Bond, I I would totally watch. I think that'd be super awesome. But again, there's there's enough Indian people in Eng- in England that I totally think you'd, you'd be able to still have enough English around it, but you're sort of playing to sort of the relationship between India and, and England historically. Yeah, I to me, if you want something different, I'd go that route. I wouldn't just kind of get a black guy and go, oh, look, Americans, we're giving you someone who's black. Like, give me an Indian guy for a couple of rounds of Bond. i totally watch Dev Patel
0: be Bond. Yeah, me too. I think he'd be pretty good. Well, pretty if good. someone can convince him, let's get him. I'll, I'll do it, you know? Deb, give me a call. Someone's <laughs> got to know him, right? Sure. Someone just, listening just to this. For someone, all the people yeah, that you someone, know,
1: between yeah. the two of us, I'm sure we can. If we really wanted to reach any of these people, I think we could.
0: Yeah, we're a few degrees of. I, I believe we couldn't be more than like three degrees of separation from anybody we've spoken about. Oh, sure. Right. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're like, probably of, you're probably one yeah. degree of separation from everybody we've spoken about. which just a I probably call. am, but and, you just can't. Yeah. You just can't ask that guy. Hey, man, can you can you give Dev a call? Like, Dev Patel, so that we can convince him to be the next James Bond? And, um, and that'll be a fun conversation. Yeah, I, I, that's funny,
1: though, because then you say that. It's like, I'm connected to enough of this crap. I probably could. <laughs>
0: that's what I'm saying. But yeah. Next cool. next big meeting you have when you're reviewing some scenes, uh, just like, say, hey, look, can we just take a quick sidebar? I got a list. I'm going to need some emails and some phone numbers.
1: <laughs> so I, I need to make some calls. I need to find a way to get A couple of people to beat Bond. And I'm I'm looking for an Indian guy. And I'm just going to find out whoever's directing the next James Bond, which nobody knows. And I'm just going to say who made this decision.
0: You do a Doctor Strange James Bond crossover and you just have like a multiverse of James Bonds. They all get together and they fight uh, Thanos or some bullshit. I don't know. (laughs) They fight (laughs) or whatever the big Titan thing is in the Eternals trailer that I saw yesterday. So,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: that's gonna be an interesting one. By the time uh, we talk next week, I should have seen that movie. Eternals and and
1: Dune are the two big things that are coming out. Dune apparently is really good.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll probably see that next week as well. I think next week I'm gonna see a couple movies. I'll see Dune. I'm gonna try to see Eternals. Dune, I was just waiting for all the Dune dorks to get done seeing it because I don't know anything about it. So I'll see it without people gasping and cheering and. I'll see it Dune in like an NC the, IMAX theater. That's my plan. It is
1: the it is the grandfather of sci-fi.
0: Right. Right. I understand it's like yeah. history. I just don't know anything about. I know there's like a big worm, it's a big sandworm in there. Yeah. And they're uh, Yeah, I, they're I don't know about anything about, about, it, a about spice, either. I think. They're, just, they're like talking yeah. about a spice, right? That's a big part of it.
1: Yeah, for those who aren't aware of why Dune is this big thing that everyone loves, it's because it's from the sixties. It's like the first science fiction novel. That sort of kicked off the genre, and so that's why there's a lot of people who they made a movie, the the David Lynch movie in the '80s. Yeah,
0: David Lynch wrote, made the original. Movie. Um,
1: so yeah, it's like there's just a lot around. And look, and, I mean, if you look at the names of the people in this movie, like it's literally everybody. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Like, like when you get when when you get Momoa and Dave Bautista in a movie and Josh Brolin, like you're kind of getting everyone, and you're putting everyone into a movie so oscar isaac's
0: not that big of a get because i'm pretty sure there's about five oscar isaacs and that's how they're in every fucking movie yes yeah 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 like there's not just one oscar isaac there's got to be more than one of
1: them and look if we want to go off the board with bond not being british just give me oscar isaac in one one movie is bond yeah, that can be fun. I'd see it.
0: Whatever. Fine. He well, he's going to be suit. Solid Snake. He's going to be Solid Snake. So oh, that's, yeah, that's gonna right. He, he, he does make a better Solid Snake. to be honest. I can't wait. That's that's a movie that I can't wait to see what it is. And I'm actually feeling OK about it because it's a passion project. Will it be a good movie? I don't know. Will it be a good Metal Gear Solid thing? Yeah, probably. It probably will be. And I'm assuming 70% of people who see it will not get it. But for any Metal Gear Solid fan, they'd be like, they nailed it. They nailed it. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I feel yeah. about it. Because the dude, it's the director of Kong. He's got the blessing. He's in contact with Hideo Kojima. You know it's going to be some wacky stuff. Can't wait. Can't wait to see. when it If it ever comes out. Which I hope it does. Let's wrap it up. I got to get some food. And then I got to go yep. play some hockey. So let's do that. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, yeah, go to he's abroad.com. See all the links there. Subscribe, review us, rate us. I looked yesterday. We got seven reviews, um, but no additional write-in. So you don't know anybody money, but John will send you a dollar of some sort of spendable currency if you review it. So do that. And, but we got seven, five star reviews. So keep it coming. Let's get to 10. Just let's get to 10. Isn't that hard? It's not that hard. Open up your little uh, podcast app there on your iPhone. If that's what you're listening to this on and uh, write that review. It'll, it helps us. I think. And that's it till next time this podcast is over.